0: You ready? Ready, Watch out!
1: For the duration of the show, I am, of course, your host, Steve Kent, and I am joined, uh, as always, by Lou, and we have a lot of stuff to get to. Uh, First off, obviously, we will talk about the Phoenix Suns and everything that is currently going on in that situation. There is an update that Uh, we will discuss. We also have uh, a whole rash of of nfl injuries to discuss uh some might be quite crucial to the teams that are affected actually uh we'll also talk a little college football and we we got a lot we got a lot on the plate even some nhl as well uh so anyways lou first off lou thanks for having me uh for your show earlier earlier today thank you uh it was a great time. Um, yeah, we talked quite we talked quite a bit about uh, about stuff that we're going to discuss anyways tonight. Uh, yeah. But it was definitely it
2: was definitely
1: an, an experience. I'll put it that way.
2: It sure was. We are we are a very strange and unique group, and you know it's it's been almost uh, it's been about four and a half years now since I've had uh, taken over the show, and finally I got you on. <laughs> <coughs> Yeah, thing thing is
1: usually on most Saturdays they have me doing some sort of uh some sort of thing for work that I have to uh mm. that I have to, you know, they have me do some sort of training almost every single week in order to keep my uh in order to keep myself sharp for my job, but uh luckily I was able to join in. I was join I was able to join in today. Uh, luckily. And we yeah. had uh, we had quite a bit of conversation which we will continue oh, yeah. on to uh, onto this show. First off, uh right now I'm watching uh the Arkansas Razorbacks shockingly trailing uh their former head coach Bobby Petrino and Missouri hmm. State seventeen to fourteen. Bobby Petrino, this is the first time he's been back in Fayetteville since at least a decade. I think that uh, yeah. since, since he's last been the uh, head coach. And right now, number 10, Arkansas is on, or I, I, I'm not saying they're on the verge right now, but it, there's the potential yeah. that they could be upset by Missouri state, unranked Missouri state today. Mm. And yeah. uh, first, uh, the the first thing i don't, i don't know if you discussed this when i had to uh when i had to take a uh i had to take a call something but ah. uh, earlier today but uh we we open today's podcast with some sad news uh former major league yes. pitcher anthony Varvaro, uh, oh. who ended up leaving the sport of baseball to work as a police officer for the NYPD was killed in a collision en route to to work at a at a September eleventh memorial event, apparently in New York City. Uh, he played most of his major league days for the Atlanta Braves, although he did spend some time with other teams as well. Uh, he was an officer of the Port Authority of New York and New Jersey assigned to work the memorial in Manhattan, according to police and uh, team officials. Uh, New Jersey State Police had said in a statement that he died in his adopted home of Jersey City on Sunday when the vehicle he was in was struck by an apparent wrong-way driver. The agency ended up saying that he was en route to an assignment at the day's World Trade Center ceremonies when a Toyota Rav4, going the wrong way on the New Jersey Turnpike Hudson Bay Extension okay. East, ended up striking his. It uh, ended up striking his vehicle at 4:25 a.m. Uh, near milepost 6.7. Uh, the driver of the Toyota was also killed, according to the police statement. Oh my. Um it is currently unclear as to why the driver would have been driving in the wrong direction and the cause of the collision I believe is still under investigation. Uh yes. the Braves the Braves said in a statement that the news was sorrow was sorrowful. Uh Varvaro played roughly 4 of his 6 seasons as a pro on the Atlanta Braves roster. Uh, He voluntarily retired from Major League Baseball in 2016 in order to become a Port Authority police officer. And believe it or not, his last Major League team was actually the Boston Red Sox, uh, who who also released a statement saying that they were deeply saddened uh, by his passing. Now, he was... Uh, however, he was raised in the New York City borough of Staten Island, and he was drafted out of St. John's University by the Seattle Mariners back in twenty or in two thousand and five. And after he had right elbow surgery in twenty fifteen, Boston had assigned him to the minor leagues, where he ended up playing for the Pawtucket Red Sox, although now they're known as the Worcester Red Sox or
3: the Woo the Woo Sox, oh, yeah.
1: as they call them. Uh, Boston ended up re-signing him and inviting him to spring training but he then ultimately left in 2016 to pursue a law enforcement career and that's just that's just one of the uh many sorrowful, sorrow, sorrowful bits of news uh that we have yeah for uh for tonight I mean it's you know it's it's sad regardless to see any sort of uh, any sort of death occur, but especially when it's uh you know when it's a former player who technically could still be playing
3: today.
2: Well, uh, another note like that. Um, the one of the players on Clemson, uh, his sister uh, passed away from brain cancer. and She was only fifteen, and that makes it even you know that makes it even more sad too you know she was honored at the at the game last week and then she suffered a setback and um i forget what the position he played in but you know it's always hard to lose a sibling
1: as well right especially at that young of an age at the age of 15 uh, yes. I, b- brain cancer at that age you know how yeah, that's very un- rare how unlucky how unlucky do you have to be to Get that I at I was such a young age. Yeah, it's it's very uh, it's very unfortunate. Um, yes, especially you know that's the one thing too is that uh, the number one thing that cannot be cured is cancer. It's I really hope that someday we find we find some sort of cure for it because uh, we've lost. God knows how many people over the over the years because of a disease oh, that for some reason for some reason nobody has been able to find a cure for so far. Yeah. I lost my I no,
2: lost we, my partner to cancer. Oh, uh
1: I I am so I'm so sorry to hear that. What uh what kind of what kind of cancer was it?
2: Lung cancer, lung cancer.
1: Oh. Yeah, I ended up. Uh, I end. I I I forget. I forget wh- uh, which one of my relatives had lung cancer. Um, I mean, I've lost. It's 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 really hard to remember because I've lost uh, quite a few relatives over the well, last. Well, he was
2: the one that got me started on on this. You know, with with radio, we did a local show together for almost seven years, and you know, the show ended just about as, as we were about to pass away. Even though we knew oh, it was going to wow. happen, yeah, we knew it, we knew it was going to come. Though he was he was really getting sick towards uh, the end of uh, the end of 2019, and by 2020 he was just you know completely out of it. So February of 2020 he passed away at the age of 52.
1: Wow, that is that is very very saddening to hear. I've also especially, I lost my, I lost especially the at the age girlfriend, at,
2: yeah. I mean I lost a girlfriend uh to breast cancer at the age of 46. Jesus. So especially, you know, that's a,
1: that's a thing too is li- like I said, <clears throat> you know, cancer is one of the one of those uh diseases that for some reason we just have not been able to find a cure for no matter how yeah. much money people raise for uh you know, raised to battle either breast cancer or any type of, or any type of cancer, you know, all this money that gets raised and yet for some reason we still haven't been able to find a cure for it. So, yeah, it's, you know, I almost, I almost wonder if there's, if there's automatically a cancer in in, in all of us that just, Maybe gets well, activated at some point.
2: You know, as much as I hate to say it, but I think there is.
1: I mean, it's kind, it's kind of like a, uh, it's kind, it's kind of like you know the, the Walking Dead, where they said that, um, as the premise yeah. of the show was, the premise of the show was that you know if you get bit by a zombie and you die, you reanimate as a zombie. But, yet, there were people who died by either gunshot or whatnot, and they still came back as a zombie. Uh, You know, you you really wonder if there's just different diseases inside everybody's bodies that just
3: wait to be
2: activated. I'm afraid so. I think after a certain point in time, it does happen.
1: It's it's just it's just very unfortunate.
2: Yeah.
1: Oh, we do have a uh, it's kind of health related here. We do have an injury report. Ooh, and I'm wishing I did not see this video. Uh, in the NC State game earlier today against Texas oh, Tech, yeah. Bryce Ramirez ended up breaking his leg, and it was an open wound we're Ugh. talking an open an open tibia and fibula fracture so this uh, and it was inside out through the skin so it looks like it could potentially and there's no word I don't think yet if it's a compound fracture but there's two different broken bones I would assume it probably is a compound fracture which in that case I mean
0: on, it one, hand, like it's, it's,
1: on one hand it's it's kind of easier to heal a compound fracture as opposed to uh as opposed to a partial fracture. Obviously, he's going to need urgent surgery right away. Uh the first concern obviously is is potential infection. But uh I you know, I wish I wish I hadn't seen that uh I hadn't seen that image here. But I'm glad I didn't yeah, it happened at around 4 minutes left to go in the first uh in the first pier- the first quarter. What ended up happening is his own his own teammate ended up uh they were trying to make a tackle and his own teammate's helmet ended up colliding with with his leg, which ultimately caught me I, I I mean, you know, when you're when you're basically getting getting hit by a guy who's sure. going God knows how fast uh especially helmet first, and you're trying to you're trying to make that same tackle and you and and his helmet collides with the uh, you know with your leg it's needless to say not a pretty picture uh but well uh, th- this kind of this this kind of reminds me of i think it was Paul George who
2: what uh, oh, was yeah. this called
1: george who ended who ended up having a compound fracture in college
2: i believe he did
1: i think it might or i'm try, i'm trying to remember who it was that somebody had a a, uh, a compound fracture in college basketball and it might have been actually during. Oh no, it was Kevin Ware, I believe. Okay. It was Kevin Ware, who and uh, from from Louisville, about nine years ago, who ended up mm-hmm. suffering a compound fracture in a game, uh, in a game against the Stanford. Uh, or no, it wasn't against. Was it against Stanford? Who was it against? It was against Duke in the uh, Midwest Regional Final. And uh, it, it, still, it still scars me from that, from because uh, I ended up watching it live. Uh, you know, I wasn't there, but I ended up watching it on TV, and it still scars me yeah. uh, to this day seeing that bone basically pop right out. It was, ugh.
2: Looking into your in person.
1: Yeah, it obviously it would it, it was it was probably worse live in person. But oh, sure. Uh that may be one of the worst injuries I've possibly seen. And I've seen a I've seen quite a few uh leg folds, I'll put it that way. Oh. And you know, and, uh, ending up seeing what I what I ended up seeing here, kind of drew a little bit of a uh, a little bit of a flashback, if you would, to that to that game. So, needless to say, it's it's definitely definitely very scarring. We'll put it that way. I'm sure. Now, I want to get you know I want to get to the first big topic of the night. Uh, yeah, Robert Sarver. We oh, talked yeah. about this. We talked about this when it first uh, when it first came, the allegations first came up. Uh, Robert Sarver, of course, is the owner of the Phoenix Suns. Uh, he has been suspended for one year. Oh, and also of the Phoenix Mercury too. Uh, he's been suspended for one year from both the NBA and WNBA as well as being fined $10 million after an investigation into his conduct in the the workplace of both the Phoenix Suns and the Mercury. Uh, He also will be required to complete a training program that is focused on respect and appropriate conduct in the workplace. And the $10 million fine is actually the most that the NBA is allowed to enforce. And that will end up being donated to organizations uh, that focus on racial and gender-based issues, both inside and outside the workplace. Uh, And, I mean, there there was plenty of evidence against Sarver from the get-go after they interviewed 320 former and current employees and they gathered about like 80,000 documents it said in, including emails, text messages, videos and other materials and honestly, you know, I don't understand why this guy isn't even out of the league. I mean, I don't you know why this took so Stern. long.
2: I mean, 17 years in the league and you know, this has happened Repeatedly, they should have done something about it a long time ago, regardless of right. how long they knew about it. they should have been taken care of a long time ago. And what kind of example are you setting for your league? I mean, you're an owner, and you know it's bad enough when players and fans and everything get out of hand, but when the owner does this, I mean, there is no there is no excuse for that. What are you? What kind of example are you setting for your for your organization by doing that? You know, whether right? It's and, by, by a rate by a racist name or uh, by a quote unquote sexual nature you know and I won't say the, the exact word on this show because I find it kind of offensive anyway, but you know right. you you have no right to even though you are, you have no right to do it to your employees or, or whatnot that, that it's just unacceptable behavior and from the owner it makes it even worse
1: yeah it defini- it definitely makes it a lot worse uh especially coming from oh, yeah. the owner and and the fact that this was held uh under wraps for so long. I mean it's it's mm. kind of the same thing with it's kind of the same thing almost with Donald Sterling uh with his yeah. with with his stuff that he uh that he went through when he was the owner of the LA Clippers when he made uh you know racist remarks basically um and in particular uh, against certain, you know, certain ethnic groups. And that ended up, here's the thing that bothers me, is that, that that single situation garnered so much national media coverage when yet this son's story, it almost seems like this son's story hasn't really been carried that much. No. And I don't know if it's because Sterling was a more noticeable figure in the public. Right. I think he was. well he was. But I I mean t- just take a t- just listen to this number here. Uh now he was banned on April yes. 29th. By Adam Silver back in 2014, I think it was. Mm -hmm. And he was fined only $2.5 million, which at the time was the maximum fine allowed. And Silver ended up stripping Sterling of virtually all of his authority over the Clippers and banned him from entering any Clippers facility. Uh, and he was also banned from attending any NBA games. And the punishment at the time was one of the most severe ever imposed on a professional sports team owner until, obviously, this ended up taking place. Uh, Now, obviously, of course, a move to force Sterling to sell the team required a three-quarter vote. Of the twenty nine or of the other twenty nine team owners, so it needed twenty two of the remaining twenty nine team owners to vote to uh to have him to force him to sell the team
0: mm-hmm. now
1: here's the thing that gets me is why haven't we seen the same here with Robert Sarver,
2: which we should have i think i think he got off two weeks. I mean, why does Robert Starver
1: get to remain as team owner while right. Donald Sterling and and let's 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 keep things transparent here? They are both white. You know, they're yes. both white people, so we can't really. Say there's discrimination or there's uh, favoritism or whatnot here. No. Why? does Sarver get to stay and yet Don Sterling got banned? That doesn't mean all. And there is one person who has called for a lifetime ban of Robert Sarver, and that is the executive director of the National Basketball Players Association, Tamika Tremaglio. Uh, while not just not just that, but PayPal has also threatened to end his Mm -hmm. sponsorship with the team if he remains as the owner. And Termaglio ended up going on ESPN's NBA Today with Malika Andrews yesterday. And she was asked to clarify her stance after having posting a, a Twitter thread on Thursday in which she said that Sarber should never hold a managerial position again uh Tramaglio yeah. agreed when she said that uh she meant a lifetime ban. Uh she said we do not want him to be in a position where he is in, where he is managing or engaging with individuals who are engaging with our players or our or our players themselves. We're absolutely clear from the findings that are in that that are in that report that we do not want him to be in that position. And the report that came out uh, had found that sarver had engaged in conduct that clearly violated common workplace standards as reflected in team and league rules and policies this conduct included the use of racially uh of racially insensitive language unequal treatment of female employees Sex-related statements and conduct, and harsh treatment of employees that, on occasion, constituted bullying. So this is a combination of things. This isn't just yes. racism. This is a combination, which to me, I I almost wonder if, if you would if if you would consider this worse than the Donald Sterling, uh, you yes. know, allegations. It is.
2: But the I fact mean is Donald that for so long, what you should have done the mean, first you, place.
1: Know, you know Donald sterling, his was more about racism. that's right. what his whole uh thing was mainly all about because when donald sterling uh was under fire uh he told he told his mistress at the time who was part african American that it bothers me a lot that you want to broadcast that you're associating with black people and you can sleep with black people. You can bring them in. You can do whatever you want. But the little I ask you is not to bring them to my games.
0: That is what was said
1: that got him, uh, you know, that that ended up getting him banned from the league. In my opinion, what Sarver has said is absolutely worse.
2: Exactly.
1: So it it really dumbfounds me that right now Sarver is still the is still the owner of the is still the owner of the sons, and he gets to go through train sensitivity training, basically.
2: I'll give sensitivity training.
1: And also, it says here part of, the founding, part of the findings found that server or Sarver had on at, a, at least five occasions during his tenure with the Suns and Mercury organization repeated the N word when recounting the statements of others. He also engaged in instances of inequitable conduct toward female employees, made many sex-related comments in the workplace, made inappropriate comments about the physical appearance of female employees and other women, and on several occasions engaged in inappropriate physical conduct toward male employees. And Tramaglio did say she was speaking on behalf of our players saying that it is our players' desire that, while we understand there has been a thorough investigation and we're very pleased that the NBA was able to follow through on that because that's clearly something we want to see happen, we also want to make it very clear that we do not want him back in a position where he will be impacting our players and those who serve our players on a daily basis. And like I said, uh, yesterday PayPal CEO Dan Schulman Said that they will not renew its sponsorship with the Suns if Sarver stays with the team, uh, as he as he said in a statement. PayPal is a values-driven commun- uh, company and has a strong record of combating racism, sexism, and all forms of discrimination. We have reviewed the report of the NBA's of the NBA league's independent investigation in, into Phoenix Suns owner Robert Sarver and have found his conduct unacceptable and in conflict with our values. They've been their partner since 2018. Yes. And so he said, in light of the findings of the NBA's investigation, we will not renew our sponsorship should Robert Sarver remain involved with the Suns organization after serving his suspension. Uh, however, they did say, while we strongly reject the conduct of Robert Sarver, we remain supportive of the team, its players, and the experienced and diverse talent now leading the organization, including head coach Monty Williams, general manager James Jones, assistant general manager Morgan Cato, and senior vice president of people and culture, Kim Corbett. And on Thursday, in an open letter to Phoenix Suns employees and players, Team vice chairman Jam Najafi called on Sarver to resign, while also NBA greats LeBron James and Chris Paul have criticized the NBA for the punishment handed down to the Suns owner. And Adam Silver explained the lack of a lifetime ban by saying that the equivalent of a $10 million fine and a one-year suspension, I don't know how to measure that against a job. I don't have the right to take away his team, but to me, the consequences are severe. I'm sorry, what? You're you're telling Hmm. me that you swept in against Donald Sterling with Swift and Fierce just to then backtrack against Robert Sarver. I'm sorry, but I I don't know about you, Lou. I don't know about you. I don't believe – uh, you know, I don't buy that bullshit that we just got that, no, that we got fed no. by Adam Silver.
2: No, that's very far fetched.
1: I mean, how can you say that you don't know how to measure it up against a job when you did the? You basically wiped your hands clean of Donald Sterling with no hesitation. Hmm. you know, who, who didn't even do, I mean, let's face it. Yeah. He, he, he made, he made a a very, a very horrible statement, but he didn't even do nearly the same amount as Robert Sarver has, has been found out to do here. Now, as far as the comments that were made, uh, LeBron James said, I read or read through the Sarver stories a few times now. I gotta be honest, our league definitely got this wrong. I don't need to explain why. Y'all read the stories or y'all read the stories and decide for yourself. I said it before and I'm gonna say it again. There is no place in this league for that kind of behavior. No. And. He also went on to say, I love this league, and I deeply respect our leadership, but this isn't right. There is no place for misogyny, sexism, and racism in any workplace. Don't matter if you own the team or play for the team. We hold our league up as an example of our values, and this ain't it. No. Uh, Let's see. I can't find – oh, here we go. Chris Paul. Uh, He said like many others I reviewed the report I was and am horrified and disappointed by what I read This conduct especially towards women is unacceptable And must never be repeated I am of the view that the sanctions fell short In truly addressing what we can all agree was atrocious behavior My heart goes out to all the people that were That were affected And Silver even goes on to say, this case is very different from the Sterling case, and it's not that one was captured on tape and the other isn't. Indefensible is not strong enough. It's beyond the pale in every possible way, but it was a whole different context than what we saw in that earlier case.
2: How? Exactly Look, t- how?
1: Tell 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 me how that is a different context. It one
2: isn't. was
1: about racism, one was about racism. This one is about racism, sexism, misogyny, among other things. How is how are these things different?
2: They're not. They're all the same. And then he goes on to spew, it's all
1: related looking back. he goes on to then spew, looking back over his track record of hiring, his track record of support for particular employees, what the actual people said about him, while there were terrible things, there were also many, many people who had very positive things to say about him through this process. I took all of that into account. Oh, I see. So because people have said kind things about him, that excuses him from saying the stuff that he said or did not in my book and then he goes and then he goes there are particular rights here somebody who owns an NBA team as opposed to somebody who's an employee the equivalent of a $10 million fine and a one year suspension I don't know how to measure that against a job I don't have the right to take away his team but to me the consequences are severe I'm sorry you know, I'm sorry, I just I lost respect right now for for Adam Silver reading that. You know, I thought Adam Silver was one of the better commissioners. So did I. Uh, out of out of all the out of all the big sports leagues. But uh yeah, he just lost some respect here with,
2: he's gonna lose a with lot. how
1: he's handled this. I mean it, and here's a, here, and here's another thing too. This this, this one I forgot about this. Uh, so, part of what he was accused of, uh, he was accused of racism, misogyny, and sexual harassment, including allegedly requiring a coach to fire a minority agent and allegedly announce his preference for extra large condoms at a staff meeting whatever the fuck Oof. that has to do with it i i, I don't right. know what, what that has to do with it but requiring a coach to fire a minority agent that right there sticks out to me and not to mention that that part of the report was also uh you know was also corroborated by over 70 former and current employees of the Suns or yeah, of the Sun of the Suns organization. I I I'm just absolutely dumbfounded, Lou. I so I on. don't I don't know what else to what else to say about this except that Sarver better be removed because Yeah. it, it just to me it it kinda tells me that the NBA hasn't learned anything from the Donald Sterling situation no. like we thought they learned something from the Donald Sterling situation but if they did if they had learned something from Donald Sterling they would they would they would force Robert Sarver to sell the team right away especially with a season coming up here
2: This is going to leave a black going to leave a black eye on
1: but you know who who knows maybe eventually uh he will, you know, be forced to sell the team. Maybe we'll we'll find out more about this in the coming days. But I don't know. I think if Donald Sterling got banned from the league for what he did, then Robert Sarver should get banned. Yes, because otherwise, otherwise, it's setting a double standard, essentially. Uh, staying in the NBA here for a little bit, uh, according to SNY TV's Ian Begley, Emmanuel quickly uh, is reportedly expected to have an expanded role to open up the upcoming season for the New York Knicks. Uh, he's expanded, he, or he's expected to handle a bigger role after logging 27 and a half minutes per game after the All Star break last season. Uh, he's flashed tremendous upside when given the chance, and now it appears that both Tom Thibodeau and his staff are willing to take the training
3: wheels off.
1: I mean, they're they're even saying to go as far as uh, they're, they're saying to go as far as as the fact that fantasy basketball managers should target quickly as a late round flyer with upside.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And if we're going to see him have an expanded role, I mean, last season he had 11 points per game, 3.2 rebounds, and 3.5 assists. We're likely looking at, I mean, depending depending on how much his role expands, you could probably be seeing those numbers start to raise
3: up, yes
1: uh, what are what are your thoughts Lou? you know you cover you cover the New York area. What are your thoughts yeah of uh of Emmanuel quickly potentially seeing an expanded role this upcoming season?
2: Mm. Well, good because I think we can use an expanded role if it's going to help him's going to help us Cause, um I can't think of anybody else that can uh, fill uh, fill in the role right here. So Quickly, you know, would be I think a great asset. I think I think it would definitely be
1: a uh I think it would definitely be a pretty a pretty uh a pretty huge asset especially for a team, you know, that's looking to get more offensive support. And yes. I mean, if he was if he was start if he was showing you know, some uh some good uh some good, some good, uh, you know, steps last season, maybe perhaps an expanded role will help. And I'm sorry, yes. Alex, I, I, I had, I had no idea what that number was that ca- that came over my phone. That was, was you calling. Sorry me. But Alex, you are, you are now, you are now on the air with us.
3: Sorry about that. Hey, what's up, Steve? Hey, guys. Alex, how's it going? Good, man. Good. Sorry, I was traveling last week and been in and out. I moved, so I'm a little busy tonight. But I wanted to call in at least for like 20 minutes, just to say hello and, and chime in and stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No problem. You know, you know, I was while I was in the middle of, while I was in the
1: middle of talking here just a few seconds ago, I saw I saw your number call come up over my uh, over my caller ID, and I'm like,
0: Oh, I'm yeah, like, I called the Is wrong Is number
1: yeah, I was looking at that area code. I'm like, who is that? And then I and then I realized <laughs> when I saw the number on the on the dashboard. Now I'm like, oh, it's
3: Alex. Okay. <laughs> well,
1: yeah. But uh, yeah, Alex, we've been uh, we've been discussing. Well, first off, we talked about the Robert Sarver news. I mean, I want to get your thoughts first about that. The fact that uh, the NBA has seemingly contradicted themselves by banning Donald Sterling lifetime yet they gave Robert Sarver just a one year ban and a fine of 10 million dollars for which is drop uh, <laughs> Yeah which you know to to me to me Alex it, it, it seems like they're committing a double standard here by okay they ban Donald Sterling for racist for a racist comment that he made But yet, Robert Sarver does that and more, including sexual harassment, uh, among other things. And he essentially, this almost seems like it's a slap on the wrist, the fact
3: that he isn't banned. Yeah, it's really hypocritical. Maybe they thought it was, I don't know. I don't know, maybe it was not as egregious as the level of really terrible activity that Sterling approached. I don't know. It seems like Sarve was just guilty, so it's a little bit confusing that he didn't get nearly as big of a penalty. One year I guess I he can just have his family or friends run the run the team. If he's suspended for one year, that doesn't really hurt him that much. No, yeah, it I wish doesn't. it was a little bit of a skipper penalty.
1: Yeah, and and not just that, but they're also uh, they're also in danger of potentially losing their sponsorship with PayPal. As uh, they have basically, uh, the uh, CEO of PayPal, uh, Schulman has basically said that if Sarver remains with the Suns following his suspension, that they will pull their sponsorship
3: from uh, from Phoenix. Wow! So at least there's some implications. At least now, that maybe another way he's going to get hurt a lot. But uh, yeah, oh, yeah. they done more. I wish they could have really banned him. Maybe as good attorneys, or maybe there's some loophole that he's they're not able to get him on. I don't know. Maybe Adam Silver's see Adam Silver's very progressive, and he's you know he's definitely a a, a man of the the, the players and a, a man of the people. So maybe Silver was kind of restricted in how big how much he can go after him. I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah. Well, I mean, Silver just, usually is a pro of, player, right? He's not he's he's more behind the players usually than the owners.
1: Yes. Yeah, but I you know, I I kind of find it funny though that Silver basically said that, "Oh, I don't know how you can measure this to a job when yet he has he didn't hesitate at all to ban Donald Sterling for one racist comment
3: that he made." That's true. That was he didn't that wasn't that was, at all. was already commissioner by that point. He was. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it's kind of misleading. That I, I'm not sure why there's one. Why there's a discrepancy? Is there, why there's a difference in how they're being handled. Before I, exactly. I missed what you guys were talking about. What, what what were your thoughts on it? Do you think he could have done more to really punish him?
1: <laughs> uh, well, you know, the first, uh, I mean, uh, it seems like they've raised the fine level because. At the time, which was about nine years ago that Donald Sterling got banned from the league, he was assigned a $2.5 million fine, which was considered at the time to be the highest fine, uh, the highest level for a fine for a owner or an executive. Wow. And now it seems That's like remarkable. they've raised it since. It seems like they've raised it since. To make it now, you know, ten million is the maximum, which is what Sarver was given, and now Silver wow. is like, oh well, you know, I don't know if he needs to be, I don't know if he needs to be banned, but a one-year suspension and a ten-million-dollar fine, you can't, you, you know, you can't, uh, you can't measure that to a uh, to a job. You can't measure a job to that. No. Uh, to me considering the fact that it's worse that it's it's even involving female employees and his uh you know his uh sexual treatment towards them and even towards male employees too it it, it doesn't it doesn't support him remaining in the league while Donald Sterling is on the outside.
3: Yeah, I agree with you. It's a little bit strange how he handled this one. Makes you wonder. Yeah.
2: I'm still maybe wondering if he's a
3: stake in the game or maybe his friends is on the side with 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 this owner. Or I don't know. It's a little bit shady. Mm-hmm. Cahoots. Exactly.
1: And and you know, we moved on from that and we were talking about Emmanuel quickly. Uh, who supposedly is going to receive a expanded role, according to Ian Begley of uh, as S- of SNY New York? Uh, I want to get your thoughts on that, Alex, because uh, you know you uh, you follow the Knicks. Uh, what are your thoughts on Emmanuel quickly? You know who averaged about eleven point three points per game last season. Uh, seemingly going to get a bigger role after playing around 25 and a half minutes towards the
3: end of the season. I think that's a great move. He's one of their best players, and he's an absolute spark plug, and they need uh, they need to energize the crowd. and they need, they need more scoring, too. Everyone likes Derrick Rose, but he has trouble staying healthy and quickly. Yeah, that's the problem. in the future, not Rose. I think quickly is great. Yeah. I don't think you can play him 40 minutes, but – He's he's a he's a, a great six man. Now you said, are they thinking of starting him? Uh, all they said was expanded
1: Quirkley role. Quickly Brunson.
3: So. Yeah, I'd leave so, him as a six so man. The only- he's awesome in that role, and and they just added Brunson. Brunson's Brunson will probably be the best player, I think. Yeah, probably. And they're kind of a. Uh, Quickly's kind of like a, you know, he's a twinner. He's like Jamal Crawford. He, not to not to like insult the guy, but he's he's almost like position he's not like a point guard or a shooting guard, so you kinda have to bring him off the bench. Otherwise he might get smoked, you know, defensively if you start him. I don't really I don't like quickly whenever I watch him he just scores a lot of quick points. He's a he's a really good offensive player. So I really like yeah, him so off the bench. For nothing. Yeah. yeah, but you can play yeah, you I mean can... play a six man you can play a six man thirty five minutes. It, if he's playing in the you know, down the stretch in the fourth quarter, that's all it that counts.
1: Yeah, and plus, and plus, with Brunson, we kind of saw him get exposed a little bit in the playoffs with Dallas. So maybe, perhaps, yeah. you know, I mean, yeah, they acquired Jalen Brunson this off season. I mean, they went all in to get him. But that was a good move. You
3: know, maybe, maybe, so, perhaps. Not but just on the Knicks, Steve. I not to totally sidetrack, but just a quick. Uh, I, yeah. I I'm glad they didn't. Uh, I'm not a big Knicks guy, but I you know I still pull for him. I have friends that are Knicks fans. I, I watch them a lot. I'm glad they didn't give up the whole mortgage the whole house for um Mitchell. So I like I, I like in quickly. Right. Right. You know, you know, let's, and talk, I think
1: let's Mitchell, talk about I it think because
3: Mitchell, I don't Mitchell think... eventually get Mitchell could eventually get back to New York where he's from in a couple of years. Possible. Mm-hmm. I mean, remember um uh, when Carmelo was basically saying, "Oh, I want to go home to New York." and then they're like, "Oh, well we'll get you here quickly." So we'll we'll trade uh like Gallinari and five other players for you. They didn't have to do that. So the Knicks are being patient now, which is smart, I think. They're going to wait yeah. a couple of years for for Mitchell. And you know,
1: we uh I don't think I don't think you I don't think you were with us when we discussed the Mitchell deal. I mean, what what are your thoughts on Cleveland, you know, giving it's up giving up so much, giving up so much just to acquire Uh, just to acquire Mitchell. I mean, they ended up giving up Colin Sexton, which to me was a shock. They also gave up Laurie Markkinen as well as – who did they give up? They gave up – oh, I think they also gave up uh, Ochai Agbaji, who was their first-round pick this year, and they gave up a couple of first-round picks as well. In the deal. Yeah, they gave like a total of five first
3: pick first-round picks. Cleveland's so close, man. To me, at least, they're very close to being an absolute contender. Now now they're a contender, I think, for the championship. They have Jared yeah. Allen, uh, uh, Mobley, one of the best young big men, and then one of the best young point guards, Garland. Now you have one of the best young shooting guards, Donovan Mitchell. One of the best young centers, Jared Allen. Uh, yep. An awesome bench, Kevin Love. Uh, Rubio's coming back. They have a couple uh, – Karis Levert on the bench. That's a, yeah. that's a really good roster. And it's young. You got Isaac is DiCoro. Hey, the bench is old. Yeah. But the, yeah, the core is very young. That's a great move for Cleveland, I think. They're going all in. You got to figure if, they're, if I mean, they're as good as their roster looks like on paper, those those first-round picks are going to be in the, the end of the first round. So they're not giving right. up a lot of picks. That's a top – Yeah, I mean – Even the, the top four team, I think, in the East – Top five, top four. Yeah,
1: I mean, I mean, you also, you know, you also got Steady Oseman on the bench. You got Robin oh, Lopez. Yeah.
3: Dude, they have a great bench. I love their bench. It's like old vets. It's a good, good contrast. And then they have young starters. It's a really good roster. I mean, granted, this, and isn't,
1: this isn't anything. Uh, you know, this yeah, I mean, isn't Garland. anything to go off of. With uh, yeah, sure. I mean, ju- just even though, even though it's a video, even though it's a video game. I mean, I'm looking at the NBA 2K23 roster nice. right now. I love
3: I love Yes. Yeah.
1: And, and their top four players with Mitchell, Garland, Allen, and Mobley are all four awesome or
3: above. I mean, uh, and they're obviously all they young. try to make. Right. Yeah, Mobley, Mobley's an absolute uh, future all-star. He's the youngest of the four. Garland is, was just an all-star. Mitchell's obviously. Very much an all-star. Jared Allen's an all-star. You have four all-stars that are all, what, under the age of 25? Uh, that's tough to beat around the whole league. Uh, Mitchell,
1: I mean. Mitchell that core's is good Mitchell as any is, four. Yeah, Mitchell, Mitchell is just over 25. He's 26,
3: but still. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, he's like the uh, smart vet out of the group, and he's still young. That's an awesome – and then, right. like you said, the bench is awesome. That's, like, maybe the best bench in the league. Yeah, they as long as strong. Rubio
1: can stay healthy. As
3: long as Rubio can yeah, stay and it's healthy, also, that so, is kind of a smaller market. So when you get a chance to make a big splash, you, you gotta you can you can go and get Donovan Mitchell. It's a good move, I think. Yeah,
1: you know it's. I, I still I still have to say though, uh, Danny Ainge did quite a bang up job to Jazz uh, with so what's the, the, the two plan players. About?
2: Yeah. He well, did. what do you mean? What do you mean? He's he's complaining. Well, he said he's he, complaining. He said that the, the union that his team wasn't like you know like all together and whatnot. It wasn't like you know it's like they weren't even there. So you know, I mean they didn't do that. They did that bad, but they, he said they like, they weren't like complete as a unit.
3: Oh yeah. Well, you well, know he was man, holding the Knicks forever. I'm glad the Knicks didn't make that move. The Knicks were getting you they, know they were going to get free – they were gonna get mugged, so the Knicks did the smart thing. You, you know
1: you know Danny though. He's never he's never completely satisfied uh even <laughs> Hold when on. he makes no sure your company. <laughs> even when he makes all these moves. And uh you, you know what, Lou, we were talking about Arkansas earlier. They just went all the way with a pick six. Well, thirty to twenty or thirty one to twenty seven now over uh over Bobby Petrino and uh, and Missouri State, but yeah, back, you know, back to uh, back to Utah. Uh, you know, regardless of what he of of what he had to do, I mean, obviously he had to unload Rudy Gobert, he had to unload Donovan Mitchell. I honestly thought that they were just going to keep one and then trade the other. But ultimately, you know, I guess knowing how Danny is, he he covets draft picks. You know, he absolutely – I mean, you saw what he did with Boston when he fleeced the Nets like he did, and he absolutely refused to trade these draft picks. And what did he end up doing? Uh, You know, hopefully it turns out better for the Jazz, but the way he handled Boston's – treasure trove of draft picks was absolutely horrific. I mean, yeah, they got Jason Tatum and they got Jalen Brown and they got Marcus Smart with, with three of them, but oh my
3: God. You know, but some the of the... Look, you know, with Danny Ainge, they were never, they looked good on paper. They were never quite good enough to win the West
2: no. with Gobert
3: and Mitchell. So if you're going to move one of them, you might as well totally just rip it all down. Okay, they're not gonna going to be. They weren't going to be as good without Gobert. So you might as well just load up on draft picks.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean that that is that is a fair point. You know,
3: uh,
1: obviously, Gobert and Mitchell, you know, they just were never going to be able to coexist on a yeah. when they you want a team when you win win a team that's going to. Yeah. And when you want team to that, that,
3: look, look at their surrounding pieces, uh, they're all getting older. Clarkson, Mike Conley from Ohio State, they're all in like their early thirties. Bogdanovich is yeah. the older, so it's like they're not going to suddenly get better without one of their two stars. And it's like, okay, yeah. and they're old, so it's like you got to just right. kind of reset the roster. And Ainge got a lot of picks. I mean, they
1: did help themselves, though. They did help yeah. themselves by bringing in by bringing in Sexton and marketing though.
3: That's true. I like both those players. Uh, a as ironic, long
1: as Sexton can,
3: wasn't... yeah, Sexton's ultra talented. But th- that was a weird draft pick when Cleveland took him, he and then Garland. And Garland was like a smarter, just better version. So Sexton was kind of a uh, right replaced. They're kind of redundant. But it's weird. So the... Garland's a just a smarter version of Sexton.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's it's weird though. But with you know, because with Sexton, it kind of seemed like he was really starting to come around before he got injured, which ended up which ended up uh, ending yeah. the
3: season last year. I just didn't like that. They're both like kind of I don't know. Garland's more of a pure point guard. It reminded me of like a poor man's version of like uh Lillard and McCollum. I don't like that. You can't really have like two really short guys in the backcourt. So right. I wasn't surprised Sexton was moved. That was good that they included him to get a star in Mitchell. I like right, Mark, Kinnon, but, uh, but they already have a lot of size. They still have yeah. three bigs without him. They still have Love, Allen, and Mobley. But although Markin yeah. was yeah. awesome last year playing small forward, they started almost three seven footers. But I don't know. They got Mitchell. Yeah. I mean that's a win for Cleveland. Yeah,
1: Lou Lou, what are your what are your thoughts, Lou, on uh on Utah and the haul that they ended up getting for both uh for both Donovan
2: Mitchell and uh, Rudy Gobert. Mm. Yeah, well, we knew Gobert was was going there. I might be the I think we like maybe Gobert or Mitchell would it comes to the Knicks. But I think this was the right move to be begin with. Uh, we knew Gobert was going though. Yeah.
1: The by, by the way, Lou. <laughs> Lou, what I what I wanted to say on on the uh, on the other show you were talking about about Joe Harris and him yes. being a hundred percent for uh for this upcoming season, you know what what I uh, I was trying to think of what I wanted to say but I ended up forgetting about it uh, earlier, but uh, Harris with him coming back, I actually like that net I, I still like that Nets team assuming that Ben Simmons will finally see. Uh, That's time, the story you know, all together. And he'll,
0: if if he'll, know, he'll grow apologize. some
1: stones, if he'll grow some stones and actually decide to you know put on a Brooklyn Nets uniform and actually go out and play okay. this season, uh, and, and with the with the uh, readdition of Joe Harris coming back off of injury, you could potentially see the Brooklyn Nets be what they were. Right. which was a powerhouse atop the uh the Eastern Conference before you know before all of the uh, all of the events of the past two seasons have taken place and i mean hopefully you know w- with uh hopefully the i don't i don't know how the uh rules are going to be okay. in New York with uh in regards to covid if there's still
0: yeah
1: um do they still require him to? Yes. They still require him to be vaccinated. They still require him to be vaccinated. Yes. Well, that's the thing. I don't even know if if Kyrie got vaccinated. So you may still have that far same know, problem in no. Brooklyn. So yeah, you're probably going to still have that same problem then in Brooklyn. Yeah. And it's, all because, and it's all because he doesn't want to get vaccinated. But other than no. that, you know, br- bringing back Joe Harris, I still believe that if you had Joe Harris on that roster when they faced off against Boston in the first round, that might have been a completely different series. Yes. Because Harris, is, because Harris is such a big threat offensively that Boston would have been forced to move away, to move away from, from a double teaming, uh, you know, either Kyrie or Durant and would have to pay attention to Harris as well. So I still, you know, I, I do think that with, with Harris coming back uh, Brooklyn, I mean, originally it looked like it was going to be a complete dumpster fire, but now yeah. maybe perhaps, now, now with Harris coming back, that perhaps things will, will kind of go back to how they were uh, at the beginning of the Durant-Kyrie Irving marriage with Brooklyn. Because, I mean, if, if they're all on the same page, they have, they have a huge possibility of, you know, being absolute powerhouses in the Eastern Conference.
0: Yeah.
3: Who's their starting center? Claxton?
1: Uh,
3: yeah, Claxton. no. Length. It is... Um,
1: that's a weak spot. It's not Claxton.
3: Did they bring someone I not remember
1: who...
3: Who was it last year? So you know what? Really it would have to. They're, they're kind of soft. Mm. They're soft down low.
1: It would have to be Claxton yeah. this year, I guess, because it wasn't Cla- Claxton. I remember Claxton coming off of the bench. I think it yeah, was. They,
3: really, they might have added someone. It, to check their roster. I think it was Drummond. Last year, A Drummond Are signed Drummond? With, uh, Drummond signed somewhere else.
1: Yeah, I think I think it was because I, cause I remember Boston taking complete advantage of Andre Drummond throughout the entire four game series. Yeah. yeah, Drummond is Drummond is with Chicago right now. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he's a matador on defense, but I remember, I remember him. T- I remember him getting completely taken advantage of by the Boston Celtics during that four-game that four-game sweep in the
3: playoffs. And he's like athletic and, and massive, and the guy just can't play defense. Very weird. Yeah, mental. And every, time, a, and every
1: time Claxton, wacky. Every time
3: he's a he's a what? Oh, I was gonna oh, say like, Claxton. Or sorry, I was gonna say um. Drummond's just kind of a airhead and kind of lazy, because yeah. as athletic and big as he is, he should be a good defender. It's all that hustle. He's not. He doesn't really right. like to sweat that much. But he wants to be the yeah, rebounding you
0: know,
1: I kind, of, <laughs> I kind, of, I kind of get, I kind of get that, uh, that bit of a vibe too from him. Like ever since he, uh, I think, didn't he date a Kardashian or something? Or oh,
3: so he's got the, he's, the, the
1: he's inflicted. Yeah, I'm trying to remember the curse. Who, who did he have. He he had he had some sort oh, of Oh no! You're thinking about. Uh, I'm with, thinking about um, tr-
3: you're thinking about Tristan Thompson.
1: Oh yeah, no, yeah. I Tristan Thompson.
3: Wait a minute. Yeah, he's Tristan Thompson's got the curse. <laughs> the Kartrashian. No. Cartrassian.
2: The Hex.
3: Who was it? There's, oh, you know
2: what? Andre
1: Andre Drummond dated uh that Nickelodeon star, Jeanette McCurdy. <laughs> yeah.
3: She's like four feet tall.
1: And Sam. Yeah, and it seemed and it seemed after <laughs> that because he dated her when he was with the Detroit Pistons. And after oh, that yeah. and he ended up and he ended up leaving Detroit he he just was
3: never the same player after yeah. that. Yeah. Hey Steve, uh back real quick, I just was curious, did you get the new 2K? I love that game. I did. Did you get yes. the new one? Is it really yeah,
1: good? Yeah, I did. It the same thing. Uh, you know, I will I will say they they kept a lot of the stuff that they uh had last year. Uh mm-hmm. some improvements that they made, they really made ball movement and speed actually matter this year. So when I say that, awesome. what I mean what I mean is you can't you, you won't have you won't find players basically like running running circles around other players. You won't <laughs> see that happen because they actually made uh speed mean something this
3: year. I right. I got a big flash is, or not to, not, to get that. Do you do franchise? Not speed, but uh, fatigue, do you do a franchise I or say? fantasy draft? How do you how do you uh, play? Do you do
1: fantasy draft or do you franchise? I do uh, I do my career actually. Oh okay, cool. But I I mean I I, I used to play franchise. I haven't played franchise in years. Yeah. I think the last one I did was years? when Kyrie was uh, was when
3: Kyrie was with Boston. Oh, Okay. Yeah, I was impressed. I hadn't played two K for many years, maybe at least five or six years, and then I got the uh the, the one oh, last yeah, year. It's was nothing, really
0: good. Uh,
1: oh yeah. Yeah, it's 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 no it's nothing like how two K used to be. The two K has taken massive
3: steps forward. Uh it's a really good game. where I'm gonna get the new I'm gonna have to get the new NBA. I was really impressed with last year's version. And I'm sure like you said, yeah. it sounds like this year is even better. It's really Yeah, and I that's you know, I and
1: I, I love the fact too that they put in the PA announcer, wow. the actual PA announcers for each team. So, oh, that's so cool. it almost it almost feels like you're actually like for example, that's they the put game. in uh Eddie they put in Eddie Palladino for the Boston Celtics. So wow. every time you hear every time you every time you have jason tatum shoot a three pointer he will say he'll say jt for three like he usually <laughs> does on tv and they, they and they also brought in a couple of the uh, Bulls uh, announcers as well from the uh, michael Ray jordan play? era i think so oh, cool. i think the, i think that they Ray added play. him this year yeah, I think they added him this year because he wasn't in. I don't think he was in last year's game. I think they just added him in this year.
2: cool. Or to put this way, more of a, you know, Joe Jackson's twin. <laughs> it just it's it's
1: it's maybe the most realistic sports game that's out there right now. Yeah, I'll just put it that way. Nice. Uh, now moving moving on a little bit to the NFL uh we did have quite a few injuries take place this week uh just to start of off with, to start off with here uh Dak Prescott according to Ian Rapoport of NFL Network he did undergo successful surgery on his fractured thumb this past monday and i know i know there's been reports that uh maybe perhaps we may be looking at an early return for him which for me would in my opinion would be a huge mistake i think it would be yeah. a huge mistake if they if they decide to bring him back uh earlier than anticipated uh because we yeah. all know that that never goes well uh just look at russell wilson uh when he injured what did he injure what what was it his ankle last year yes yeah and they ended up bringing him back and he played or no was it his ankle or his hand I think it was his ankle Oh, no you're
0: right
1: Yeah, like, yeah cuz I remember chance. he played like sh- he he played like shit the entire rest of the year and Fair everybody right. was saying everybody was saying well maybe he shouldn't have been brought back uh considering the fact that yeah. Seattle was nowhere in a playoff spot yet they decided to still bring him back. And yeah, that was cockley. Yeah, and it completely, you know, it, it just completely killed the rest of the season. Now, Prescott, they're looking at a possible return date uh, of week eight, uh, considering the Cowboys have a week nine bye. So, at the very least, he would be ready by week 10 if they decide to let him heal through the bye. Uh, But I guess the the decision is likely going to depend on how desperate they get, considering the fact that Cooper Rush is going to be their quarterback uh, for the foreseeable future here, which, and I'm I'm sorry for you, Lou, but I don't know if I want to put my uh, the fate of my team in the hands of Cooper Rush. Really? I thought maybe he might do well. I mean, I you know I don't know with him under under Mike McCarthy, uh, considering considering McCarthy's questionable decisions already as a Cowboys coach, mm-hmm. you know True. i I'm, I'm not sure if if he would be a good fit, you know, I thought that maybe perhaps mm. they would try, uh, they would try and get another quarterback. I mean, I know Cam Newton was supposedly on the market. Uh, oh,
0: yeah.
1: you know, Jimmy G's name has been thrown out there, but honestly, with how Trey, let shat the bed last week, you know, maybe perhaps Jimmy G might be starting again for the Niners sooner than we anticipate. But, uh, yeah, you know, I really think if I was the Cowboys, I mean, all these all these reports about him potentially being ready in three to four weeks, I I wouldn't rush him back. I'll put it that way. Right. Right. Because we've seen how rushing somebody back from injury, I mean, it,
2: it almost aggra-
1: kind of, yeah, it, it almost kind of amplifies the possibility that he may get re-injured, if anything. That's very
3: common. So, well, I mean, they're in um, trouble either way, regardless of Dak, because they look like crap. They put up three points. Yeah. Crap. <laughs> their their offensive line is in shambles. I mean, that's five hundred team. I think uh, if he missed a month, what are they going to be like one and four? Good luck. Yeah. Yeah, 3 points against,
1: the, uh, point against an injured Tampa Bay team that yeah. I mean, let's put it this way. Their 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 offensive line. I'm surprised that Dallas couldn't get to to Brady more than they more than they ended up doing. Cuz this is a team that's missing like two or three of their starting guards or of their starting offensive lines. I mean, how are you not able to take advantage of that of that uh, situation there?
3: And they gave Dak uh, like half of their salary cap. So good luck, Jerry Jerry Jones once again, awesome yeah. general manager. <laughs> yeah, not not, not just no, that, no. but they they
1: a majority of their a majority of their team is centered around around him and uh, Zeke, you know. Yeah, Ezekiel Elliott, exactly. So, it's you know, have fun, have fun I guess with that uh w- with your team being in cap hell because your two main stars are the ones that occupy the majority of your salary cap.
0: Right. And you know
1: what, speaking of speaking of quarterbacks, how surprised were you guys that Geno Smith all of a sudden was playing like like as if he was back in college.
2: <laughs> that is surprising.
3: Yeah. I like them tomorrow. They're getting nine and a half points against a very suspect San Francisco team. Trey Lance? I mean, yeah. come on. I don't know. I think that's a close yeah. game. I, I don't know. I, I like to play a couple games here and there. Yeah, Gina looks reborn. Uh, it's the second shot. And he's not playing in the test pool known as uh, New York Jets, so. Count, yeah, you know, I,
1: I, I don't know Trey, Trey Lance. He absolutely shat the bed last week. Like I don't I I said this from the beginning that I wasn't really you know comfortable with the Niners going with Trey Lance, especially trading up and giving up as much as they did just to get him. When they probably could have had him, they had just stayed where they were. But they, of course, end up, they they end up passing up on Mac Jones. I'll, I'll say this: Mac Jones probably would have been a better fit for that offense than Trey Lance is. Yeah. But then again, Mac Jones Mac Jones is now stuck on a uh, on a middling uh, Patriots team that, for some reason, has a
3: defensive coordinator as an offensive coordinator. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and you know how it goes. When you when when a team gives up that much for a player, they're going to be married to him for a while. They're not going to admit a mistake. Exactly. Kay right? hey, Lance will be there for three years, probably. He hasn't yeah. shown anything. that to me. Yeah, but but Gino,
1: you know Gino Smith though, I was very surprised by how well he performed for for Seattle, especially against Denver, whose defense is usually. Usually pretty terrifying to play against, and somehow, you know, Gino, at least at the start of the game, seemed to be carving up that uh, that defense of of Denver's. But if anything, I was very surprised at the fact that Russell Wilson
0: was basically
1: pretty low throughout the entire game. I mean, yeah, he com- he yeah. ended up finishing with 340 yards and a touchdown, but
0: I, I expected
1: Denver to be blowing out Seattle, not the you know not the other way around.
0: Yeah,
3: yeah, they look good though. That was a good. I was I, I should have taken. I, I had a feeling Seattle was really going to show up and play well hosting. Uh, Hosting Russell Wilson. You know, Pete Carroll had that circled immediately. I mean, that's the game of the decade for him. The owners, yeah. the players, everyone wanted to really show and prove that they didn't need Russell. Right. Now, however, though, not him. everything not
1: everything was sunshine and rainbows, though, for Seattle, as they did lose Jamal Adams mm. for the season yes. with a torn quadricep. Yes.
3: Yep, that was big.
1: And now he will enter next season, having appeared in just 25 of a possible 50 games in a Seahawks uniform. Wow. So now it's a serious blow to uh, Pete Carroll's blueprint of getting, of getting back to running in defense. And with no guaranteed money remaining on his deal after this season, there's a part, could, could there be a possibility that maybe Seattle may choose to uh, cut bait with Adams, considering the fact that he's I, – I mean, he'll be soon to be 27. Uh, you know, could Seattle potentially look to potentially move on from him?
3: Yeah, it's kind of a weird fit to give that much money and that much capital to a safety when you have to kind of rebuild – so he's a little yeah. might be a little bit too costly for them to, uh, you know, keep long term. Good player, though. not really to mention,
1: not to mention he comes with an eighteen point one million dollar cap hit too.
3: Yeah, that's, that's, right, that's Lou, too much. You, they probably got to move on.
1: Lou, what are you what are your thoughts on that? On that, I mean, yeah, he's going to be twenty seven, coming back from a torn quadriceps. You know, that's a tough will, one. Will they will they stay with with Jamal Adams? Or considering they're in a rebuild or they're going to be heading on a rebuild, could they potentially look to move on from him?
2: They might be able to since, since there's a rebuild and whatnot. Uh, I think probably they're just going to have to move on without him. And a torn uh, quad, that's a little bit hard to come back from. Oh, exactly.
1: I mean, you, you you don't know what his speed is going to be like too, especially coming coming back from from a, from a quad tear. You know, I mean, I guess it would be harder. I guess it would be harder if he, if you were a running back, but
2: yeah. You know,
1: you don't know exactly how this is gonna how this is going to uh, impact uh, you know his speed out there on defense. cares uh TJ Watt of the Pittsburgh Steelers will mm-hmm. reportedly miss I believe it's around 6 weeks uh with a torn pectoral muscle as uh, even though he has to, he uh I believe he was placed on wait let me double check I think he was placed on injured reserve this past week yes okay yeah so uh, he will miss at least the next four at least the next four games. but from from what I've read, I've read it's probably closer to six weeks that he will miss though. So that's definitely uh, that's definitely a huge impact for a terrifying feeler's defense. Which is usually one of the better defenses in the league. Yeah. However, good news uh, for Pittsburgh though is that Najee Harris is likely to play tomorrow against the Patriots after tests on his injured foot came back negative. So
3: was that Steve? Not, uh, Najee Harris, their uh, running oh, back. Got you. They got a lot of good talent, man. If they if they get their quarterback yeah straightened out. Pool. They added the guy from Georgia, the receiver Deontay Johnson. They have an awesome running back. They're all pretty young too. Right. You think you think tickets are the real deal?
1: Uh, I mean, you know, it's we won't know until we actually see him play, until we yeah. actually get to see him play. And I mean, it's one thing to play in preseason games; it's another thing to play in the actual regular season you know when you're yes. not playing against backups and you're playing against starters uh but all indications are it seems like
0: the you
1: know it it seems like uh if he does get to start he has a legitimate chance to be a legitimate starting quarterback however according to according to Mike Tomlin though uh, he has basically shut down any plans to have Kenny Pickett start at all this season. wow as he has he he has said that uh this team is Mitch trubisky's team, so barring an injury to mitch trubisky that's pretty much the only way you're
3: probably going to see Kenny Pickett out on the uh on the field this year. Well, I'll tell you what, it looks like with Matt Nagy with Chicago with that dumpster fire of an offense, it's almost Trubisky it's like he left a uh, – like a Jets type franchise. Maybe not Trubisky could could be really good. He's got plenty of talent. Maybe this is a good oh, he great does. Fit, for fit for him. Yeah, I mean so yeah, I don't mean does. to jump the gun. I think maybe they have a good issue. Maybe they might have two Trubisky's what? Still like twenty what is he, late twenties? Not old. Uh he's still he's still young, I'm pretty sure. Five, six, six years maybe in the league. He's, he's still got plenty of time left, and now he's in a, a much, yeah. much better situation. So let's see. They named him a captain, too. That's a pretty, pretty good sign that they like him.
1: Yeah, yeah. he's uh, he's 28,
3: actually. I just looked it up. Yeah. It's so hard to determine how good these guys are, especially if you're a quarterback in some of these teams. Like, look at Geno Smith. Look at Trubisky. Nice. Yeah. I, I would, I would, I would like the chances of at least one of them having a really good year. Now that they're in like a normal uh, environment, not a toxic environment. Yeah, and
1: what, what about both that high Steelers pedigree, game? Both,
3: you know, both highly reputable, accomplished, high draft picks for a reason. Right.
1: And, and you know, you know what? Uh, speaking of the Steelers, what about that game against the Bengals last week, where Joe Burrow was doing everything he could to give the Steelers the win, even throwing four picks and fumbling the ball away once?
0: You know, you know,
1: five turnovers. Then you have, then you have, uh, you have Cincinnati's uh, Evan McPherson. Hit a, uh, I think it was a, a franchise, re- a new franchise record, 59-yard field goal. Yeah. And then we had a battle. We had a battle of uh, of missed field goal attempts. It was like a, it, it, it was a complete mess in Cincinnati <laughs> last week, and somehow yes. Pittsburgh was able to walk away barely with the win. 23-20 uh, to 20
2: in overtime,
1: exactly. Oh, yeah. Wow. I mean, there was a total... They, they had two missed field goals. They had two missed field goals uh, followed by... Or, or yeah, there, so there were five drives total in overtime. There was a punt, a missed field goal, a missed field goal, and then, then another punt. And... Somehow Pittsburgh was a Boswell was able to hit a 53 yard field goal to win the game.
3: Just yeah, over. that was nuts. So crazy it, and it was. It motivated the Denver rookie coach to kick a 95 yarder instead of letting Russ Wilson try to beat his old team. Yeah. Oh my God! Yeah,
1: uh, you know, I, I that that's um, one of the things that complete. I
3: I had no idea what the hell Russ, he was thinking
0: Russ,
3: in any game. That's agreed. That's not a good move. But Russ Wilson in his homecoming game, in the guy's first head coaching game of his coaching career in the NFL, how many like bad uh, reasons not to do that? I mean, the guy just absolutely did the most boneheaded move ever. <laughs> right. There's like 85 reasons yeah, why you should not have done that. Why you should not have done that. Yeah, it's, it. it's just <laughs> a, it, it was absolutely ridiculous last week. Russell Wilson will be quietly pissed off at the guy the whole year. It's like the, in the start of their career together in Denver. Oh, yeah. What an awful move. At least go down. If you're going to lose, at least give Russell a chance to win. Right, I right. mean that's just such a slap slap in the face to Russell Wilson as a rookie head coach. That's really that's not that's the worst possible start to his coaching career.
0: Yeah.
3: Right <laughs> now,
1: we we do have another injury as uh, Justin Herbert, the star quarterback oh, for yeah. the LA Chargers, oh, yeah. uh, suffered a rib cartilage fracture in Thursday's loss to the Kansas City Chiefs, and yet surprisingly is considered to be day-to-day,
3: despite a rib cartilage fracture. <laughs> Who's their backup in San Diego? Or, sorry, in L.A.? Uh, or whatever, whatever they are. California Chargers, whatever. Hmm. You know, I think it's Chase Daniel. I don't mind him. They, I, either way, Herbert was incredible. Some of those throws at the end were just incredible while he was playing with a big injury, that guy's an awesome yeah and he was he down has, for I mean, quite a bit. he ha- he ha- of course he was badly injured he ha- he has to have the, the best the strongest arm in the league, right I mean I haven't seen anyone else throw it harder than him you know if he doesn't if he does uh-huh. he has to be pretty he has to be pretty close, yeah, he's got a rocket. I mean, he throws lasers in there. I was so confused. I mean, too. my Remember God, one he threw it into the ground like he was about to collapse. He just like quit. And in the next play, on like fourth and long, he threw a dart. I, 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 I was confused by what I was seeing. He didn't seem that injured at the end. Can get it.
0: Can't
3: yeah, the
1: end. it was it was definitely uh, it, you know it, it was weird when I first saw the hit like it didn't seem like it was the type of hit where it would where it would cause a fracture like it, it it almost seemed like the helmet barely hit him in the ribs
0: i mean it hit him on
1: the on the left side but it didn't really seem like it was the type of hit where it would cause a fracture like it
3: did yeah it was he has to miss time. I don't know. All it takes is another really big hit in the pocket, and he'll he miss three months.
2: Wouldn't yeah, you have
3: to wrestle? I think it was a, a bit, a couple games. I but, but yeah, I, th- I, but think I think it own. was. A, I think it was a very.
1: I think it was a very risky move for them to keep to keep him continuing uh, continuing on.
3: Yeah, and then look at that. But they're in the, the hard, an incredibly hard division now, and look, they're zero and two. So like, they, are they yeah. gonna have to be forced to keep? They don't want to sit them and yeah. wake up zero and four, zero and five. I don't know. Yeah, no. not a good time for it to get True. into. True. Uh,
1: else, elsewhere in the league, I mean, Miami. You know, they're off to a uh, to a quick start, uh, a one and a one and zero start. And I gotta tell you, the Tua to Tyreek connection. You know, a lot of people have said that Tua doesn't have an arm. Keep an eye on Tua with Tyreek and Jalen Waddle. I mean, Waddle yeah. was able to split the uprights of the Patriots' defense last week, and take and take uh, one of his catches to the to the house, essentially. Uh, Tua, he's definitely got weapons. So if they if they yeah. won't succeed with Tua with the weapons he has now, they will never succeed with Tua. So now that they got Tyreek Hill and they got Jalen Waddle, and, and Hill had a massive game, eight catches, 94 yards. Jalen Waddell had four catches, 69 yards, and a touchdown. I mean, just for, for – and by the way, um, head coach Mike McDaniel, that was the first – Dolphins head coaching win in their head coaching debut since Nick Saban back in two
0: thousand
3: and five. Wow! If Tua can't perform now, he's got no more excuses the rest of his career. Right, and you know, I got I got to say this, uh, Coach McDaniel,
1: he's got some balls with some of the some of the decisions that he made. Uh, especially very early on in the game to go for it on fourth down, he's got some balls uh, as, a, as yeah. a head coach here. I mean, he was the former offensive coordinator for a couple of years for San Francisco uh, at the beginning of Jimmy Garoppolo's time with the team. But uh, McDaniel, Jesus, he, he he's definitely, you know, he, I think – with him as the head coach, and you have the addition of Tyreek Hill, I think the Miami Dolphins are officially a sleeper team to watch in the AFC.
3: Yeah, they have a very good underrated defense, and now they have plenty of pieces. So they pretty much have it all. They can make a serious run. What are your thoughts on
1: that, Lou? I mean, uh did Miami outperform last week or was it as expected?
2: I thought it was ex- as expected.
0: I didn't see anything
2: unusual, but, uh, That was kind of a, I think it was very well expected. I mean, I mean it's it's like I said when I made that
1: when I made that pick on the uh earlier today when I made that pick and I said don't sleep on the Dolphins. I would right. not be surprised if Miami pulls out the upset over uh, over Baltimore this year. Not week. at all,
2: because, I, because a lot of people were thinking Miami was going to do well this year. They were going to be, you know, uh, I think like a, a challenge to the Bills. So uh, this isn't surprising me at, at all. I kind of expected it.
0: Yeah, you
1: know, it's, it's funny that we say a challenge to the Bills when yet Kansas City is still out there. And I completely forgot that Kansas yeah, City got Juju Smith-Schuster. The they
2: They're not the same team as they were when they won the Super Bowl. They've taken a little no. dive. No, they have
1: taken a little bit, a little bit of a dive uh, <laughs> offensively, with yeah. uh, with them losing Tyreek Hill. I, I you know, I, I say I say this that nobody well. will really ever be able to replace Tyreek Hill. Uh, even though they brought no. in uh you know, they brought in Juju Smith Schuster and they have McCall Hardman uh, basically being the new speedster of that offense, uh, I still don't know, think they have anybody uh that could replicate what Tyreek Hill brought no, to that it, offense every single week. The so
0: the they, they won Tyreek Hill. It's a five, right. And
1: right now, he's uh, you know he's giving Miami quite the uh, quite the X factor, if you would. That, yeah, that
3: they're looking for. Hey, I'm worried I thought, about. Sorry, I said I said even without without Tyreek, they'd take a step back. But look at the Chiefs with Andy Reid and Mahomes; they still look incredible on offense. Yeah. Oh, they That's do. Smart. Yeah. To lose to lose the talent like Tyreek and then still just be able to. Explode offensively is really a testament to how good they are,
1: yeah, you know I even I, I I've said before that uh Pat Mahomes is like a human cheat code where he makes throws that you would almost think you could only see in a video game and yeah. he's still able to make those those throws
3: like it's nothing hmm. yeah, he's absolutely incredible.
1: And also, uh, to, uh, a little bit to go with uh, what I what I was saying about Miami and watch out for them against the Ravens. The Ravens will be without one of their top cornerbacks, Kyle Fuller, as he suffered an ACL tear uh, to effectively probably end his season. So now, uh, and you know, Marcus Peters is still recovering from his torn ACL last year, and it's unknown if he'll be able to play for week two. So right now, I mean, Miami, if anything, their receivers should be licking their chops at the chance to go against this uh, this Ravens secondary.
0: And not just that,
1: but uh, Derek Barnett of the Philadelphia Eagles, he also suffered a torn ACL. Uh, last week against the Lions, Uh, he, you know, strangely walked off on his own power, but yet somehow he ended up suffering a torn ACL last week. So he is done for the year for the Eagles.
3: As an Eagles fan, he was the number one pick, and they gave up multiple picks for him, and he's been a bust. He also gets a lot of stupid penalties. So I'm not really crying over I I obviously wish no injury on But he's not not as big a loss as uh, some people would think. He's he's a rotational yeah, – but- you know. He's bad. The guy literally, whenever he plays, he gets like one or two uh, late hit, uh, roughing the passer. He, I've never seen a guy get so penalized. So right. I guess he'll have yeah. less penalties now that he's injured.
1: You know, though, I am uh, i, I got to say I'm really skeptical about the Eagles' chances this week because they're facing Kirk Cousins, who always seems to absolutely torch the Eagles' defense every time he plays Philly. So uh, I think Philly may be looking at a potential one-and-one record after this week because
3: uh, I'm not all too certain. Their defensive coordinator that their head coach brought over is like Mr. Vanilla. He plays like prevent defense the whole game. I can't stand him. So they have yeah. Darius Slay and Bradbury. They added three All Pros and Jordan Davis, Nickobe Dean. I mean, they added five or six awesome defenders. And last week I watched the game against Detroit. They were like in prevent defense. I bet that game it was it Eagles was- by. They were up eighteen with eight minutes left, and they won by three. I mean, what, yeah, it, yeah lost, their defense like was absolute, saw. their Dog defense
2: shit. was absolute
1: Swiss, it, it was Swiss cheese last week, they don't like, how do you let,
3: they have no, they put no right. pressure on the court, they back in coverage, it's like, you add all these awesome athletes, and then you don't send them out to the quarterback, like, what are you doing, their defensive coordinator is yeah. terrible, no, I, no, I think, I think they're gonna have a great year, but yeah, this week they're gonna get they're they're gonna give up forty points to the Vikings. I don't know if they can outscore them. Yeah, yeah. It,
1: it's it's literally it's literally like you look at that defense, and you look at who they faced, and it's like, how the hell do you give up? What was it, thirty eight points or something?
3: Thirty five points. To the Lions. To yeah.
1: Thirty five points to the Lions, who I mean, let's face it, they don't have uh they're one of the worst offenses in the league how do you give up that much one of the worst
3: offenses in the league yeah it's pretty pretty alarming can you if he's relatively new can you have you seen a defensive coordinator get fired though during the year wouldn't they have to like wait till the offseason i don't know you
0: guys
1: uh, i mean they fired an offensive coordinator uh you know carolina they fired uh oh who who was it uh they fired their offensive coordinator last year
3: Joe Brady I'm telling you if they give up a lot of points like I said they they brought in a lot of good defenders you know football they have a lot of good players on their defense so if they keep getting lit up right. they have to switch to coach they have to switch right. to coach uh, they blitzed it all and the lot, Jared Goff was like Joe Montana he has like and he had 15 seconds to throw the ball. Like, what are you doing? You got to blitz a little bit. I don't know. I, I agree, Steve. They're going to get torched by Kirk Cousins. Justin Jefferson, a guy they should have taken over Rieger, he'll probably have, like, three touchdowns.
1: Kirk. I don't know.
3: It's also on Monday Night Football, and he's been getting – you know, Eagles fans are not quiet. He's been getting trashed in the media. Maybe, the, maybe right. the coordinator, like, blitzes all night. They at least do something. I mean, Possibly. Swiss cheese defense – but but it's like I said before; it doesn't make sense because they have a lot of good players on defense, so it's got to be the coach, right? You know, we we
1: don't we don't know exactly what's uh, exactly what what it's going to look like on on Monday night, but I would not be surprised at all if, uh, if Cousins corner. absolutely destroys that defense right. again.
3: And the and the Eagles did look good. The, the lines are improved. They're, I think they're. They're going to be like an, a decent team this year, maybe seven wins, but still you can't get yeah. thirty-five points. Like that. I think I think Monday night for anyone who like likes to throw a couple shekels a little dollars around, I think it's going to be very high-scoring. Take the over. I mean, he, yeah, Hurt, I I wouldn't be surprised. I'd be like probably be like in the seventies. I mean, freaking Jared Goff and Hurst combined for seventy-three points. What what's What's Justin Jefferson and Hertz going to do on Monday Night Football? They're going to score a lot of points, right? Yes, I, w- I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised at all if it's a very high scoring game.
1: Uh, That's what I, if anything, I would be surprised if it's low scoring because let's face it, these aren't two defensive teams. No. Yes. Yeah, now we did we did also uh have uh have an injury to Mac Jones last week who apparently apparently they said he was suffering back spasms after he got basically folded in half by uh two Dolphins defenders which surprisingly uh they were not they did not call roughing the passer on that play for some reason, uh, even though he got absolutely folded after he threw the ball by two Dolphins defenders. Uh, But apparently it sounds like he's not expected to miss this week. He is expected to play against Pittsburgh. Uh, The Cowboys, on the other hand, they didn't just lose Dak Prescott. They also lost uh, left guard Connor McGovern, who yeah. is expected to miss a couple of weeks with his ankle injury after he got rolled up by a Buccaneers <laughs> defender.
2: Uh, yeah.
1: They also lost safety J. Ron Kearse as well, who was diagnosed yeah. with a sprained MCL. So, well, we'll both... is but, uh, is expected to be out two to four weeks.
0: So, it looks we're, like
1: we're Donovan up. Wilson will probably take over at the safety position for Kears moving forward and Matt Farniak looks like will be the replacement for uh, McGovern in the upcoming games. Interesting. And also uh, the Buccaneers they may be without wide receiver Chris Godwin who apparently reaggravated his hamstring injury.
3: So, so now, they'll to uh-huh. to win tomorrow? Saints can win. In, in New Orleans, they always really torment the Bucs on the road. Saints can win tomorrow? Uh, it all depends well, on the type of Tampa Bay
1: defense that we see.
3: Also, Brady might just be on a total mission this year to go undefeated and retire. I know Brady's not yeah. scared of the, the, the Saints. He's not part of that overall history traditionally the Saints own them on the road, but I wouldn't I wouldn't go against Brady. No. They looked Yeah, like but you know I was
0: week.
1: I was expecting him to carve up the uh the Cowboys defense though and we and we he kind of struggled
3: last week against the Cowboys, so That's right and no God would do I mean Julio Jones though looks like he's resurrected. He's Oh yeah. He looks good. Yeah,
1: Jones definitely looks like the old Julio Jones, and I mean of co- of course ov- obviously you also have uh, Russell Gage out there, uh, who's ex- who's expected to see more snaps now with Chris Godwin being out, and obviously you have Mike Evans who is the number one receiver now with Godwin being out so. Uh, he only had a 26% target share last week, so chances are you're going to see Brady probably throw more to him this week against the Saints. You know, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if
0: uh, if we potentially
1: see a high scoring game against the Saints. And also, you know the the Buccaneers they're also going to be without Donovan Smith who suffered a hyperextended elbow. Uh, But actually, no. It says that uh, it'll be dependent on his pain tolerance. So maybe perhaps he will be ready to go against the Saints. Ah. But, you know, it it, it just seems like injuries are piling up, and this was literally just week one. I mean, Keenan Allen... You know, Keenan Allen, he's out with a hamstring injury now. Uh, I don't think he played. I don't think he played Thursday. Did he play Thursday? I wasn't able to see the game.
3: No, Keenan Allen was injured. Mike Williams, uh, yeah, like nine counts for one hundred and thirty. Yeah, that's what so I thought. I thought I... They're so talented. The Chargers have a lot of talent. They got to start winning games.
1: Yeah, I, I figured he probably wasn't going to play with the hamstring issue. So. Uh,
3: You know, he's
1: out. T Higgins, he suffered a concussion against the Steelers last week. Uh, You know, it's just injuries are just seemingly piling up and this is just the first week. (laughs) Who knows what to expect as the weeks go on? I mean, my God. and not just that but yeah. also the raiders they lost uh, they lost one of their cornerbacks anthony Everett, who is out uh for about a month with a broken thumb
0: you know
1: there's it it just really it really seems like and also the patriots they lost uh, ty montgomery uh to injured reserve he got placed on injured reserve uh it doesn't say what type of injury he had though even though he scored a touchdown against Miami, uh, you know, it, it's, people are basically dropping like flies. You also have Elijah Mitchell of the 49ers who got placed on uh, he's expected to miss about eight weeks with a sprained MCL, according to uh, coach Kyle Shanahan.: Wow, And now yeah. and now they're starting running
3: back is Jeff Wilson. Wow. Yeah, they always have All right, it's... of running backs. But yeah, it's not good. Niners aren't gonna be that great this year, I don't think. No. We'll see. Who? Arizona they're... No, no no, uh Niners. I mean they're 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 married to oh, like yeah. a very questionable quarterback, I mean in a lot right. of their roster. you wait three or four years and then it doesn't work out. There are other really good players are just getting older, and maybe they start leaving. You, you gotta, gotta win now. I don't know. Right. They're kind of yeah. It's gonna Lance, be.
1: But. It's it's gonna be. Uh, needless to say, it's not gonna it's not gonna be a pretty picture with with that San Francisco uh, roster. I mean, I didn't really believe with that. Uh, you know, Trey Lance didn't even play at a top college, like he didn't even play at a ranked college. And he was putting up these, he was putting up these big numbers in, in just his freshman season. And I mean, I, I literally, I, I said this in our sports whispers group uh, when we first, uh, when we first, started covering the whole Trey Lance stuff and he played one game during the COVID season and he went a perfect 16 and zero in college uh, in 2019 with 28 touchdowns and no picks Uh, or actually I should say 42 total touchdowns because he also had 14 rushing touchdowns but I mean, he was playing for North Dakota State, which is which is like Division One in the uh, Missouri, the Missouri Valley Football Conference. It's like, who the hell do they play? Yeah. Not even much of a conference. No. I mean, not really. I mean, Missouri, you know, the Missouri Valley Football Conference. I mean, you're currently – you're looking at teams like Indiana State University, Illinois State, Missouri State, North Dakota, North Dakota State, uh, Northern Iowa, South Dakota, South Dakota State,
0: uh, Southern if that was that Illinois.
1: Yeah, but, I mean, this is football. You know, none of these teams yeah. are – yeah, none of, none of these teams are really – Anything, basically. No.
2: Third-rate division football.
1: So, I mean, you know, I was uh, – of, uh, of course, I know Trey Lance was in the, was in the rumors uh, involving the Patriots, too, and I was looking at it, and I'm like, do I want Trey Lance or do I want Mac Jones? I think I would rather prefer – because the rumor was that they were going to take Mac Jones with the number three pick, uh, right. San Francisco that was.
3: I'd go Mac Jones. I'd go Mac easily. Jones
1: Yeah, easily. I would yeah. I would easily go with Mac no Jones here. considering considering he's got he's got the arm and he's definitely, he he's he's just an all-around better quarterback. And I mean, yeah, last year uh, you know, Trey Lance played as, uh, he started two games out of six appearances for uh, for San Francisco where he had a one-and-one record. He had five touchdowns and two picks. Okay. But, well, six, six if you count the rushing touchdown that he had. But okay. it's not really that impressive. <laughs> you know, so... Yeah. Uh, uh. I mean, I think I think this could potentially be
3: disastrous for San Francisco. Also, Mac doesn't have anyone close to as good as, like, Debo Samuel. Mm. Kittle's injured, but right. San Francisco has a lot more weapons. So, Mac Jones would be even better if he was a San Francisco 49er. Right.
2: Yeah. Trey Lance
3: looks like trouble starting for anyone. Until he – I don't know. Maybe I haven't seen enough – I haven't seen much at all out of Trey Lance.
1: Well, you know, here's the thing with Mac Jones. The main problem is obviously they lost Josh McDaniels this year to uh to Vegas, who, you know, he's now the new head coach of the of the uh uh Vegas Raiders. But he's dealing with a defensive coordinator at the offensive coordinator position. You know, the the offense, uh, they said that this year uh, training camp, uh, during training camp, the offense was maybe one of the worst offensive training camps they have ever seen within the last 20 years. I mean, it, wow. it's... And, you know, it, it's easy to say that considering the fact that, you know, Brady was the quarterback for pretty much the entire Patriots dynasty. But... Yes. I mean, even even in... Even in years, you know, you would have – you would at least get competent coaching. Like, you, the offense would know, okay, this is what we're – you know, this is the game plan we're going to run this season. But yet, with the Patriots offense this year, they said they were completely all over the place and that it's, it's maybe one of the worst offensive showings that they've ever seen uh, in Patriots history.
3: Who are their wide receivers? They have, like, such a – they're very – not a very good roster. For I I mean, the they got Devontae Parker. None of, the draft, none of the draft experts even knew half the guys they drafted. Belichick's, like, already uh, on vacation, on cruise control.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, they got you, – you know, they got uh, – they got Devontae Parker. They have Jacoby Myers. They got Nelson Aguilar. They have Kendrick Bourne, who, for some reason – is in Bill Belichick's doghouse because he got in a, uh, he got in a preseason fight with uh, the Carolina Panthers because Carolina went after, uh, who was it that they went after? They went after Christian Wilkerson, which then prompted a huge brawl. Uh, (laughs) You know, I, 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 I'll say that new England did land. They landed in the draft by taking, Tyquan Thornton. Tyquan Thornton looked impressive this preseason. The problem is he got injured in the final game of the preseason, which uh, now he's on injured reserve, so we won't see him until at least week eight. And Wilkerson is on injured reserve because of the uh, concussion that he suffered at the hands of the Carolina Panthers. So I mean it's and plus they have they have Hunter Henry and they have Jonu Smith as their tight ends. So it's it's not it's not that Mac Jones doesn't have any weapons. He has weapons. The problem yes. is is that they have an absolute dumbass of an offensive coordinator who thinks he's an offensive coordinator even though his dumbass. only real offensive his only real offensive experience is when Matt Patricio was an offensive assistant for one year at the beginning of his Patriots career. That's literally all the experience he has as an offensive uh, coach. Yeah. He spent – let's see, when he came into the league, he spent one year as an offensive assistant, then he spent one year as an offensive – an assistant offensive line coach, and then he became a linebacker's coach – a safeties coach, and then a defensive coordinator. Before the Lions decided that they were smoking quite the strong amount of weed to then hire him as a head coach.
2: Okay, weird. <laughs> they had the good stuff. Want to go smoke some weed? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and no now,
1: problem. and now he's listed. Uh, totally. He's listed for the Patriots. He's listed for the Patriots as a quote unquote senior football advisor slash offensive line coach, even though he was the one calling the plays last week against Miami. Weird. So I don't know. New England know. New England doesn't
3: even
1: know. New England doesn't even have an offensive coordinator.
3: Yeah, uh, not not good. I honestly don't know. Belichick is so Revered, and he's got a ton of rings. I'm I'm not trying to bash the Patriots, but this this is not normal for them. It's like Belichick's like not really dialed in or not really spoke. I don't know what's going on.
2: Well, but, well, Belichick's not really that normal anyway. So
3: I don't know, man. They're they're not as strong as they normally are. Well, oh yeah, some, no, I
1: completely, yeah, no, I completely times.
3: agree. I mean, Steve, no offense, Dude, of Brady. Weapons, like, They have, like, a bunch of, like, number two and number three receivers. They don't have, like, one – they don't have, like, the Randy Moss or, like – those old teams, Gronk, obviously Brady, nowhere close to what they used to have. They have a – I mean, Devontae Parker is kind of like a Dolphins cast-off. He's not really like a – I don't know. Kendrick Bourne has bounced around. They need, like, a stud receiver. Hunter Henry used to be really good for the Chargers. I guess he's been kind of injured. I don't know. I respect what you're saying, but they just just haven't performed really.
1: Yeah, Hunter, yeah, Hunter he was, was good, good last he, year. He was good. He was good last year. He had he had nine. I think it was was it nine? It was it, I think it was nine touchdowns that he had last year,
3: as part of the pay, he was the the number yeah. one Patriots receiver. But I mean, they could they, if they it, see that team like if they could, got like a Tyree kill, think about how much better right away Mac Jones could be. You got to help Mac exactly. Jones out a little more. Like one like awesome yeah. home run hitter could help a lot. Those are good players. Yeah. Aguilar, I like him. But you know what I mean? They need to have, like, one or two weapons. I like Stevenson right. running back. Is their line good or is it kind of average now? Because they always used to have a good offensive line, too. Uh, it's ugly. Let me just put it that way.
1: First, they Let's have Trent Brown. First, First, they have Trent Brown, who decided to not give a shit last week and basically <laughs> stood there. He stood there, allowing mac jones's blind side to be absolutely destroyed by a uh, by a dolphin's defender uh. excuse me um, they have a wow. a guard they have their starting left guard was a was a third round pick taken in the first round this year from some butt fuck college out of uh I don't know where the fuck he's from. Let me see. Uh, from Chattanooga, like so this dude could have been taken in the third yeah, round, and they just and Belichick decided, no, I want to prove I'm a big brain and pay him third round money to be a uh, to be a first rounder, and <laughs> let me ha- let me stick him at the left guard position. Do you know what you guys are getting yourselves into? Really, the only two. Players we really have on that are solid on the uh, offensive line are center David Andrews and right guard Mike Onwenu. Isaiah Wynn, I mean, he's questionable mainly because he just can't stay healthy. But other than uh, that, I mean, our offensive line just looks horrendous. I mean if Trent Brown actually felt like giving a shit and, you know, playing like he did when Brady was the quarterback, then maybe it would be a different story. Because when Brady was the quarterback, Trent Brown was was an all pro caliber
3: left tackle. Wow. Yeah, they gotta they gotta really make some changes. Bill's gotta get back in the in the mix. Made some questionable de- decisions since uh Oh, I wouldn't be surprised at all if this is Bill Belichick's last year. He just doesn't. And I like say that. Of, like throwing, up there. I don't know. Like I said, I haven't made any big splash moves, and it's just weird. It's not typical Patriots. So yeah, it smells. Yeah. It seems like, like you said, maybe he's kind of halfway out the door already. I don't know. Not and typical I'm not even Patriots saying that,
1: Yeah, I'm not even saying that though in terms of him retiring. It's entirely po- – because Robert Kraft is apparently very pissed off with how Belichick has handled the team this year.
2: Yes. Look at And the I question. would
1: not you be
3: say surprised. They don't even really know, like, yeah. who's calling the plays? What the hell is going on? He doesn't even really have yeah, his staff it's, all set.
1: It's split, it's, yeah. it's split between Matt Patricia and Joe Judge <laughs> as the offensive play caller. Uh-huh. And Joe the Judge? reason being, yes, Joe Judge. Might as well and, have the being, and the reason being, and the the reason being is because Belichick wants to wants to quote unquote do them a solid by oh, yeah, let's bringing let's them bringing them back into the is. fold.
3: Okay. <laughs> yeah, let's play call some plays. I owe you big time. Call some plays. Yeah,
1: <laughs> like, it's like, big, like uh, basically he wants to, he wants to bring them into the bring them back into the fold. And my understanding is they're building up this team to where Matt Patricia will be the successor to Bill Belichick. If Matt Patricia is the successor to Bill Belichick, this team is going to be in the in the cellar for years to come.
2: Mm. Yeah. yeah. Third third level. Because
1: Matt Patricia couldn't do shit as the Lions head coach. And so far in his return to new England, I mean, he should just stick with the defense. He is not an offensive play caller. Even though I did like the fact that he was experimenting in the, in the preseason by actually allowing Mac Jones to throw it deep, you know, which is something that Josh McDaniels hesitated quite a bit with last year. Uh, which, by the way, actually, uh, McDaniels, his play calls have been getting called out by the defense
3: uh,
1: with Mm -hmm. Vegas because everybody knows that his playbook is basically the New England playbook from last year. So he's not fooling anybody. Yeah, he's not fooling anybody with, uh, you know, with, with Vegas this year. He's still the same Josh McDaniels that he's been. So the, he, the, the main thing here with New England is everybody was wondering, was Brady responsible or was Belichick responsible? I think it's very abundantly clear that now everybody knows Brady was the reason for all of that success.
3: Yes. Yeah, it's becoming pretty apparent. Unless they turn it around because
1: for now. I I, I guarantee
3: you I went up and smoked the second he went to Tampa.
1: I guarantee you if we still had Brady, Belichick would probably have a better chance of catching Don Shula. Oh yeah. Than he has now. And right now I I mean you have you have Damian Harris who's in a contract year and it looks like, for the most part, Ramondre Stevenson is getting a majority of the uh, of the carries now, at least to start off the year. So you have a running you have a number one running back in Damien Harris that the Patriots are probably not going to pay to, to keep around. So you know it's it's this whole thing of. You know we gotta we gotta keep uh we gotta we gotta keep the team cheap essentially yeah but I think this actually says a lot the fact that you have an a former undrafted free agent in Jacoby Myers being the number one wide receiver for the Patriots on the Patriots
3: depth chart I think that says something. Yeah. Not not enough. They need a couple big playmakers. Yeah.
1: I mean they could have they could have desperately used somebody like a Tyreek Hill. They had the opportunity to get to get DK Metcalf when Metcalf was drafted. But no, instead they went for Nikhil Harry. And where's Nikhil Harry? In Chicago on injured reserve.
3: <laughs> I remember that. Belichick made some horrendous draft picks, uh, mostly recently. But I mean, my God. Uh, it's
1: it, it almost seems like once Brady left, that Belichick's brain went right out the window.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And then the Gronk on, too.
1: Yeah, that's another thing, too, with Gronk leaving as well. And also Julian Edelman retiring, of course. Yes. But, hey, we
2: got upset brewing here.
1: Oh, do we? What do we? What do we yep. have?
2: Well, if you can turn over Washington is leading Michigan State.
1: Wow. Yep. 30 Texas
3: 39 to 28. Yep. Texas a and right now over Miami. That's a good game. I'm watching that. I got a couple of cases on the Aggies well i gotta i gotta, br-
1: i gotta bring up the uh
3: Vacuum. i gotta get
1: away from two k <laughs> here for a minute i gotta i
3: gotta, br- i gotta bring right, right. the uh
1: the channels back up here because do
3: you i have a good setup Steve? i got uh, i get the best TV I the best ever got like a big fifty five inch stuff so. do you have a good setup for your uh, yeah. gaming? yeah i have got, got, really uh, nice I've, I've got i've got a fifty five as well actually and i've got i've got exactly my I never I never knew, man. I always just used to love to play regardless. It, it makes such a difference. Have oh, a yeah. Nice TV. Uh, yeah, it definitely
1: does. I've got a uh so I've got a fifty five inch, but it it isn't one of those TVs that does like a hundred and twenty frames per second, it only does sixty. So Okay. Um you know, it's it's not Is like one that of those K Yeah, it's four K, yeah.
2: No, like going yeah, I don't 20 even know. If, hours minding. old.
3: Lou, do you game at all? Do you play PlayStation or Xbox?
2: Um, no. I mean, I'm. A, I think I'm a little bit old for that. You know, by now. I did do stuff like that in my younger days.
3: Steve, how old are you, man? I'm forty-three. Fifty-two. I'm thirty. Okay. What are you? Me. <laughs> yeah, I'm the I'm the elder statesman here. I'm fifty-two. I'll always play games. I don't play as many now, but like I don't, I'll randomly like. I mean, every couple I, weeks. I'll, every every couple of weeks, I'll like one random night. I'll play like four four hours. But I'm not an huh. everyday gamer. But I still I still have it around. I want to yeah. get the new Call of Duty coming out soon, Jeff.
2: We didn't call it gaming back then, you know, in in my day. You had what? We just played. Buddy? We didn't. We didn't call it gaming, you know, back then. We didn't we, we didn't have a term for that, you know, when we were young. My uh, my era that is. Oh okay. Yeah, Gaming yeah. A, I mean I don't the 21st century term. Yeah, I mean you know, <laughs> I don't
1: I don't game I don't game like it all is. the time, you know. I'm I'm like it's it's more like a uh you know, if I'm sitting around doing nothing and you know, I have time like yeah, okay, you know, maybe I'll maybe I'll turn on the Xbox or something and uh yeah. or even the or well, even the PlayStation and which do you have? Yeah, I, have the, I do. I, have I do also
2: have.
3: I've got. Uh, I've got the PS Five, actually. Nice. Is that a big upgrade from the PS Four? Yes, big time. It's
1: uh, in terms of graphic quality. It's you know, it's pretty much the same setup as a PS Four. You know, when it comes to the uh, the menus and everything. But as far as graphics quality goes, uh, there is a like. I'll put it this way. Uh, the Last of Us that they have for, uh, for the PS4, the Last of Us Remastered, they just released the Last of Us Part 1, they call it, which is specifically for the PS5. And the changes they made to that are drastic because of the increased firepower that the PS5
3: has over previous generations. All right, that game's pretty sweet. I might check that out.
1: Oh, it is. It's a classic. It's Do you have
3: Madden? Easily... I got Madden. I played it once. It looked pretty good. You, have you tried Madden yet? The new one? Uh, no. I'm. You know what? I am very sour on Madden
1: this year because of the fact that I, I honestly, I honestly feel like it's just a cash grab and it's EA's way of because this year they made John Madden the cover athlete or the cover uh, person because of the what fact that he passed Thanks. away. And they're making it this year as a tribute to John Madden when really the only tribute that's in there is, oh, they have uh, they have a John Madden exclusive mode where you can play teams – or you can play a game that has teams composed of some of his favorite players over the years. Uh, but that's honestly really it. Oh, oh, not just that, but also you get uh, – I guess you get commentary uh, – from uh, of certain players by John yeah. Madden that plays on the on the commentary track, but other than that, it really just uh, they didn't really make any actual improvements to the game. Okay. It's like almost yeah. a carbon copy paste of last year. Yeah.
2: Sorry, no can do so, for me. I don't go for copycats.
1: Well, because here's the problem. Here's the problem, Lou, is that. It seems like sports games have now all of a sudden been uh monopolized by microtransactions where they right. have this mode they have this mode called ultimate team, which basically what what you can do is you can comprise uh your own football team of any player you want. Like for example, you could have Tom Brady as your quarterback, you could have Ugh. Uh, you could have Shannon Sharp as your tight end. You could have Ugh. Randy Moss as a wide receiver.
2: You know, and it's all that.
1: about it's and it's it's all about basically uh paying money so that you can get certain players or you can get upgraded versions of players. And that's Randy basically Moss. been that's basically been madden's money maker for for ea sports for the past god knows how many years and they decide yeah. well hell we're making we're making a lot of money on that and the idiots are going to buy the game anyways so year after year just to play Madden ultimate team so why should we even focus okay. on any of the other modes So, you know, it's, I mean, maybe eventually I'll give it a chance, Alex, but I, I mean, I would, I would probably, I would probably go with, uh, let me put it this way. I would go with EA's NHL 23
3: first Uh before
1: I would go, before I would uh, take a chance with Madden this year. Because I, in order. Uh, the the one thing I used to love about Madden was career mode where I'd be able to, you know, create my own player. I'd be able to play multiple years and it, it wouldn't feel like it would drag on. Like there would be, there would be, it, it would be different every single year.
2: And yeah. now
1: but, like I could play any position, like I could play a defensive tackle. I could play, I, I could create a, cornerback, I could create a defensive end. I could create any position on uh when I used to play uh you know Madden's career mode. And now it's like, oh, you can only be either a quarterback, a receiver, a running back, a cornerback, yeah. uh or a linebacker. There's like right. no option to really choose. And it looks uh, like that is going to it looks like that upset is going to happen by the way. Washington has yep, about a minute left.
2: on in the field.
1: A minute a minute left. 39 28. And it oh, actually I think I think it is uh, it is officially over. It, ESPN just is uh, very slow on uh, You have a winner. Yeah, ESPN is just very slow on updating for some reason. I do know Clemson just scored a touchdown, so they're up 41-20 to 20 now over Louisiana Tech. And the Longhorns currently are up by 18 on UTSA. Miami, though, is surging against Texas A&M right now.
0: And some of the,
1: you know, it it really just seems like a lot of the matchups this week, you could very easily pick out who the winner would be. I mean, uh, you know, Oklahoma, Oklahoma was facing a Nebraska team that just fired their head coach, which I mean, let's face it, after the first two weeks that Nebraska put up, that's not really a shock that they would uh that they would have gotten rid of uh of them that early. Uh, I mean hell, you had Michigan facing Yukon, which they absolutely destroyed Yukon.
2: Losers.
1: You know, you have you have Oklahoma State blowing out Arkansas Pine Bluff. Yeah. Uh, luckily, Arkansas did uh, Arkansas did come back from an early deficit to uh, get rid of Missouri State thirty eight twenty seven. So, maybe we may see Arkansas potentially move further up from number ten. Uh, we did see an upset though, Oregon with a forty one to twenty victory over BYU. Yeah. A uh, number twenty five against a number twelve, but. Oh, we did also uh, you know, Appalachian State they won again on a uh, Hail Mary
2: at the um, very end yep, of the, the game. Reception.
3: Yeah.
1: At the at the end of the game, I am I'm, st- I'm still surprised that they were able to get that off. And <laughs> Appalachian State ended up uh ended up taking home the uh the last second win over Troy to improve to 2 and 1. Which I'm just, you know, I, I I was just completely surprised at that one. So long. uh Looks
0: like
1: okay. So that was a that was a field goal for Miami. So now it's an eleven point lead now for Texas A and M. I'm still surprised yep. that Texas A and M dropped last week. Yeah. I real I I really am surprised. I thought that uh, you know they would that they would be able to beat Appalachian State, but for some for some reason they were only able to put up fourteen points. You're
0: like, Ooh,
1: this is good. It's been perfect. Um, and Lou, like I told you earlier, that I wasn't impressed with Iowa. I mean, they have a seventeen point right. lead. They have a 17-point lead on Nevada right now,
3: but really,
1: so I'm not looking. I'm I'm not looking for them to do much next week, especially with them facing. Uh, wait a minute. Who are they facing? Hang on. Iowa. Let's see. Iowa Hawkeyes. Who are they facing next week? Yeah, they're facing Rutgers. I'm sorry. I'm not. Uh, I mean, I would probably go with Rutgers over Iowa next week no way. so far I'm not, I'm not seeing anything out of them that is uh, that is really impressing me at all.
2: Yeah, just a bunch of corn. So, uh, I mean, it's
0: uh, uh,
1: you would you would kind of expect a little bit more out of them considering.
0: Sure. You know, at Big one 10. point,
1: at one point, at one point last year, they were looked at as one of the as one of the front runners headed towards the college football playoff. Before they eventually yeah. ended up collapsing like they did.
2: Yeah. What the hell happened?
1: <laughs> also, it looks like soon we may be just about to get ready. I think for Canelo and uh, Triple G. I think. Part three. Uh, they're showing. Yep, they're showing uh Canelo in his locker room right now. And you know, I I said it uh I said it earlier uh on the uh, on the uh other show uh today too that I believe that Canelo Alvarez has something to prove tonight. Yes. Considering the fact that he got uh he got absolutely screwed by being matched up against Dimitri Bivol which i mean for a uh you know for for a promotion to have acquired a fighter the caliber of Alvarez put him up against against the guy that they wanted to uh that they want to showcase in Bivol i mean it was It was a stylistic, it was basically a stylistic nightmare
3: for Alvarez.
1: But yet, what was weird, though, is all three judges had scored Alvarez the winner of the first four rounds, which was very heavily criticized by uh, media reporters. (laughs) Even though... uh, you know, it was just it was a completely one sided fight. And honestly, I don't wanna see a rematch. I do not wanna see a rematch between right. those
3: two because
1: it, it it just wasn't even wasn't even close. Interesting. So now with triple so now with uh, with the triple G rematch tonight, uh, you know, he has the opportunity to uh make it uh, two zero oh, and one against Triple G, with a win. Uh, with a win here, he's defending the uh, WBA super, WBC, IBF, WBO, and the Ring super middleweight titles in this matchup. So uh, it's definitely, it's definitely, it's definitely something uh, for the. I mean, he has he has the chance to improve to fifty eight and two with a win tonight, uh, or 58-2-2, I should say. Yeah. Especially <laughs> especially given his, uh, the uh, you know, the amount of fighters that he's fought in his career. You know, taking out the likes of Miguel Cotto, uh, Julio Cesar Chavez Jr., he did lose to Floyd Mayweather, but uh, you know, a lot of people believe that Canelo was kind of outmatched against Floyd. Uh, you know, he's taken out Jose Zito Lopez, Shane Mosley. Yeah. Uh granted granted though, I think I think Sugar Shane Mosley was towards the end of his career though at that point. Um you know he's definitely taken out a lot of big names in his uh in his career thus far. He took out Amir Khan back in 2016. Yep. I mean there, there's definitely a huge a huge list of names. Right. And I mean, as far as Triple G goes, I mean, this guy this guy is a uh, multiple uh gold medal winner in amateur boxing. And as a matter of fact, I believe he was a silver a silver medal winner in the Olympic Games, uh, representing Kazakhstan back in 2004. So, you know, obviously the hype around the hype around Triple G is definitely well deserved. I mean, he's forty two one and one in his career, and the one draw was against Canelo,
0: yes.
1: and the one loss. Was against Canelo, so needless to say, uh, you know this is definitely one of the one of the bigger matchups in uh, recent boxing memory here.
0: <laughs> right. And
1: also, we do have uh, we do have confirmation on Jake Paul's next matchup. It will be officially against Anderson, the Spider Silva, the UFC, uh, oh dear. the UFC, the, the veteran UFC champion. Uh, and it's apparently it's worth it's worth. Uh, actually, no, never mind. I, I was thinking it's worth thirty million dollars, but then. That was actually a fight that they tried to put together uh, between Jake Paul and Vitor Belfort that ended up up falling apart. But pretty much every single boxing or every single MMA star and some boxing stars are actually saying that Anderson Silva is going to knock out Jake Paul.
0: To and, uh, Which, office.
1: honestly, I wouldn't be surprised. Even though Anderson Silva is 47 going on 48, he still has knockout power.
0: <laughs> he has
1: knockout power, and he is incredibly accurate with his strikes. So I would not be surprised at all if you're if we're potentially looking at uh at a Jake Paul loss and maybe perhaps he he comes down to earth uh getting knocked yes. out by a uh, by a former UFC star mm. uh let's see Oh, this one was kinda of surprising actually. The Indianapolis Colts, they waived kicker Rodrigo Blankenship after he missed a forty two he missed a forty two yard overtime field goal attempt last week. And he also had two different kickoffs that went out of bounds. And it looks like Josh Lambeau, I think, is going to be the uh is going to be his replacement. I believe, which is, I mean, it's, it's kind of surprising because Blankenship at one point was seen as, Mm -hmm. uh, when he got drafted, he was, he was looked at as the number one kicker out of that draft. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm still pissed off that the uh, Patriots had an opportunity to draft him and they ended up going with, uh, I forget the guy's name. Just Justin, Justin Rohrhauser or something. I forget the guy's name, but the, the kid. The kid was a the kid was a kicker out of Providence or something, or Marshall. I forget, but uh, wasn't wasn't anybody noteworthy, but still, right. It was uh, it was it was pretty surprising to see uh Blankenship's name get put on uh on the release uh on the release list this week. Uh some NHL news. The Vegas Golden Knights they have officially signed winger Phil Kessel to a 1-year deal worth about Kessel. $1.5 million.
0: Kessel.
2: Yeah, Phil Phil
1: Kessel, I believe he was previously with the Arizona Coyotes. Last
2: yeah, I,
0: mean, I don't know he is.
1: Right wow. And you know, it may be surprising to see Phil Kessel settling for one and a half million dollars, but honestly, that's literally all that Vegas can afford, considering uh, the fact that they're in cap hell. So, and I, I'm actually kind of surprised that Phil Kessel waited this long to uh, to sign officially with a team. I thought he would have been signed sooner, but. Um, yeah. ultimately he ended up, uh, he ended up finally signing within the last couple of days here. Uh, also the uh, St. Louis blues, like we talked about earlier, Lou, they signed uh Jordan Cairo to an eight year deal uh, worth about $65 million, about eight, yeah. uh, eight, eight million average per year. And, You know, I I told you earlier, it's definitely worth it for him considering he had an increase of about 40 points this year, uh, setting a new high in both goals and assists with 27 goals and 48 assists for 75 points with the Blues. He's now officially, I believe he's their number one, uh, well, no. Actually, Tarasenko is probably still their number one winger. But, yeah uh Jordan Cairo is right up there. Uh the Ottawa Senators they signed an 8-year extension uh with Tim Stutzel which avoided which officially avoids any of his restricted free agency years. So the deal is worth a total of about sixty six point eight million dollars, and it will carry an average annual value of about eight point three five million per year uh, the yeah. Vancouver Canucks they have officially signed Center J. T. Miller to a seven year extension worth about fifty six million dollars. So that carries around an eight million uh, average annual value. Okay. Also, the Buffalo Sabres have reportedly re-signed forward Tage Thompson to a seven-year, $50 million extension, which begins with the 2023-2024 season. Uh, so it has a cap hit of about $7.143 million per year, and it will run through the 2030-2031 season. From what it looks like And Also We do have A extension For Pittsburgh Penguins head coach Mike Sullivan Yeah uh, I mean this This one I think is a little bit old But I literally just stumbled upon it today Uh, A three-year extension for him, which will begin after the 2023-2024 season. So he is now officially locked up through the 2026-2027 season for the Pittsburgh Penguins. And, Lou, you know, we were also talking about this earlier. I got to ask you, what is up with the New York Yankees?
2: I know. Injuries are coming out. We just got another injury today. And, uh, and, they're lo- and they're losing, and they're not even the shit teams. Yeah.
1: A 4-1 four, a four loss to the Milwaukee Brewers, and their only offense oh, was Brewers a homer matter. by Josh, Josh Donaldson.
2: They're legit. Oh,
1: no, they're definitely legit, but they have been very questionable ever since they got rid of Josh Hader for some reason. Uh, for yeah. some reason, well, they decided they were in the middle – they were in the middle of a playoff run, and they decided, you know what? We don't need Josh Hader to be our closer. We can we can use somebody else. And Milwaukee went on a went on a Are skid ever since.
2: Uh, yep. In, All it is takes is one is one stupid move. But uh, you know,
1: jo- Josh Donaldson was the Yankees' only offense today uh, with a with yeah. a solo homer in the fourth inning. <laughs> Donaldson, the savior. and it, yeah, <laughs> Don, Don, Donaldson the Donaldson the savior, even though he's probably one of the poorest hitters on the roster in terms of batting average.
2: Mm-hmm. Well,
3: what if, uh, every time I look at the box score, there's different lineups. So what did he hit tonight? Leadoff or ninth or seventh or fourth uh, or fourth?
2: Fourth. So, batting, Boone is batting
3: cleanup. Boone is allergic to uh, having the same lineup twice. It's against his uh, principle. Of, right. Yeah. Of doing I've, smart material thing. He doesn't believe in that.
1: I mean, I'm looking Obviously at this not. lineup. They had, they had uh, Marwin Gonzalez batting ninth, and they had Higa Shioka, whoever that is, Kyle Higa Shioka, as their catcher batting eighth, who was batting 198. You have Oswaldo Cabrera, batting sixth at 206 you have Miguel Andujar batting 5th at 229 Donaldson is just before him at 222 Giancarlo Stanton is batting 212 I mean this this doesn't look like a winning lineup no I'll just put it that way it does not. Lo- it Wait, does do not think, have.
3: What do you think? Is, is not driving you nuts that Boone always switches lineups. I've never seen anything like it.
2: Neither have I. You know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't
1: know. know. I I really don't know, know a, what to make of him. No,
3: no other manager in the history of baseball switches lineups half as much as him. It's so weird.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, I don't. Uh, sir, I kind of refer to that.
1: Yeah, I, I you know, I don't really know what to make of uh of Aaron Boone's lineup decisions and not just lineup decisions, but honestly some of his managerial decisions that he's made since since becoming the manager of the Yankees.
2: I I mean, just, just some of his decisions.
1: I mean, granted, granted yeah, they you know, they uh they have problems with injury uh this season, so you know they're not really dealing with a with a full uh, a fully healthy lineup, but I mean no you got problem. judge you you got judge hitting lead
3: off. <laughs> <laughs> I, it makes no sense. I, I'm missing something. Yeah, so am I.
2: This
1: is a guy who should be batting cleanup, not 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 Donaldson.
3: <laughs> right. I, I'm not trying to rip on him. It's just I, I like Lou. You, 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 you ask other Yankee fans, but no one, no one understands what he's doing. Uh, he doesn't understand what he's doing. Very strange. Uh, wouldn't Cashman be like, dude, what are you doing? Or I, I don't. Know. He yeah. He has dirt on Cashman. I don't know what's going on there.
1: I mean, the, Aaron Judge has 57 homers.
3: And wait, he's going to hit solo, solo yeah. home runs mostly, batting leadoff, or you know at least yeah, yeah. Or at least more more so than if he wasn't batting leadoff. For the most I part,
1: know. I mean he's got he's got fifty seven homers. He's got one hundred and twenty three RBIs. He's got about what twenty one games I think left, or so, somewhere around there, trying uh, to try to try and break uh, Roger Maris' record. Legit I mean,
0: that
1: you is. know, you know his, uh, hes basically the only offense that this Yankee had that, that the Yankees have in this lineup. I mean, yeah, they have Stanton who can hit for power, but the problem is his his average absolutely sucks. He's one of those—he's one of those home run or strikeout type of hitters. Yeah except the only difference is he hits more homers more than he, I mean like for example today he went 0 for 4 and he struck out all four times Ugh. That's literally all he is. He's not a like he's not a guy who you'll get who you'll get uh, reliable doubles out of or something. He's either a strikeout or a home run hitter. Oh, there's so there's no approved. in between. You know, there, there's there's not really any in between uh, for him, especially in a game that is constantly evolving year by year after year. You know, where it's there's there's just you can't expect to succeed no. with a guy that in today's game that is either a home run or a strikeout type of hitter more often than not it's going to be a strikeout that you're going to get as opposed to a home run
0: right
1: uh, if i do we...
3: if i had a giant uh massive powerful superstar hitter, the last place I would bat him would be leadoff, but it just doesn't make sense. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) But then
1: again, though, then again, though, in Milwaukee's case, you had Christian Yellick hitting first, hitting leadoff. And he's like their, you know, he's their star power hitter. Or I shouldn't say this year he's not a power hitter. This year he only has like about 12 homers, but, uh, you know, career wise he he's usually a power hitter he's unusually having he's having an unusual down year this year for some reason yeah. uh you know it's it's just like you 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 look at you look at how this yankee roster is is shaped up and it's like okay your three out of your top four guys are home run hitters and I'm talking in the lineup. I'm not talking about overall. I'm talking in the lineup. Your first, three out of your first four guys in this lineup are home run hitters. And I mean, yeah, okay. Glaber, Glaber Torres can also hit for power too, but he's more of a. Uh, he has more of an average. Uh, you know, he plays more for average, and if he hits a home run, then he hits a home run. But. I mean, I'm just looking. I'm looking at that at that lead, and yeah. yeah, they have a four and a half game lead over Toronto for the division. But yeah. this was a lead that was at what time? What twenty twenty games or
2: something like that? Yeah. Change well, is seventy eight,
1: right? I mean, there, there's definitely something going on with this Yankee with this Yankee roster to the point of where yeah. you know everybody was saying that the Yankees were going to be the first ones to hit a hundred wins. When yet you look now, and it's the Dodgers who are gonna hit a hundred wins first,
2: no question
0: so, I mean
1: right- right now it looks like uh so far for teams that are eliminated from the playoff race, you got Can- oh, yeah. Kansas City and Detroit they're gone uh pretty much all of the AL West is almost gone except for Seattle. Seattle's in the wild card so they'll be fine. Uh Miami and Washington are gone. Chicago, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, San Diego's been eliminated from the uh at least from the division although they are currently in the wild card for the National League. Uh, San Francisco, Arizona, Colorado all eliminated. So pretty much, you know, almost all of the playoff spots kind yeah. of in in position right now. Where, you know, uh in the in the uh American League, it looks like you have New York, Cleveland, and Houston as your division uh, uh, division division winners, and yeah, you sure. have Toronto, Tampa Bay, and Seattle as your current wild card uh, teams. With yeah. honestly the the next close the next closest team in the wild card is Baltimore, which is five and a half games out. So gotta give them
0: credit though. Oh quarter. yeah,
1: I mean you do have to get you do have to give them credit. You know they are above, they're six games above 500 right now. But you know it, it kind of, I I almost think you could say that the American League playoff picture is officially wrapped. That you know oh, yeah. who the teams are going to be right now. So scary. Now, on the National League side, uh, you got the Mets, St. Louis, and the Dodgers all currently the divisional leaders with San Diego, wait a minute, San Diego, Atlanta, and Philadelphia being the wild-card teams right now. Yes. Though Milwaukee is a game and a half behind, so maybe perhaps Milwaukee might be able to make up some ground but other than that, actually, Milwaukee is literally the only team that's in contention for the wild card uh everybody else you could almost mathematically eliminate from playoff contention
0: What, what was that the initial take of the-
1: and it looks like we have Canelo, Canelo and Triple G is officially underway uh, here in About the first time. round. It's weird because because normally normally they start off uh, they start off boxing uh, main events at the top of the hour at midnight usually. So it's kind of surprising to see them start a little bit early here.
2: Yeah, just a little bit early. Yeah. yeah. Which is you know, a little bit late for here. Well, wait, we're the fight's in Vegas, right? Yeah, it's uh, it's at the well, same okay, it's at the same arena.
1: It. It's that it's at the same arena that uh, that Canelo lost against
2: Bivol. Well, that explains the late is, start over the, here then.
1: Which I, I think it's the T-Mobile. Is it the T-Mobile Arena? Which which arena does? Uh, yes,
2: it's the T-Mobile. It is the T-Mobile Arena.
1: Yeah, that's that's where they are right now. So yes.
2: but explains uh, the is late right round... here because it's, you know, because I mean, Vegas is 3 hours behind us. So I right. guess Right. I don't like that. Yeah, it, it's a, guess. it's
1: a it's a 12-round fight uh for all of those all of those titles. Right now it it seems like both it seems like both boxers are kind of being a little tentative. Uh, I'd say maybe Canelo has fired the most shots so far, but that's yeah. kind of being uh you know, kinda of being a little nice considering the fact that really they've mostly just thrown jabs if anything so far.
2: Well, it's early yet, so that'll change. Obviously. Yeah. I mean you can you can't expect to be knocked out just, you know, one punch oh no no, of course not, of course not,
1: but um yeah there's obviously gonna be uh gonna be more you know more more things uh you know a little bit a little bit of build up here uh we did have u f c two seventy nine last week which oh, yeah. uh, like we like we talked about had a lot of mayhem uh there was like a uh, there was a pre there was a pre uh, a fight fight if you want to call it uh, right. between both fighter camps for Nate Diaz and Kamzat Shamayev which not even happening uh, we ended up seeing Nate Diaz defeat Tony Ferguson by guillotine choke in what may have been Nate Diaz's final MMA fight as it sounds like he is teasing a move to boxing which should be very interesting yeah. because he's been more of a boxer if anything as opposed to an mma fighter yeah he's been he's been more of a boxer so i think that could be pretty interesting uh the diaz's are, are are notably known for being boxers uh when it comes to fighting yes. styles so i would not be surprised if uh if he dabbles into the sport of boxing moving forward here uh we did see kamzat Shamayev absolutely destroy kevin holland with a uh darce choke uh very early on in the fight only took him two two minutes and 13 seconds to uh submit <laughs> kevin holland uh honestly, you know, those were those are really the only the only two actual fights really worth yeah. watching for the most part. Uh but it was still you know, it was still a pretty wild uh a pretty wild night, uh, last last Saturday night. The performances of the night went to Nate Diaz, Irene O Johnny Walker and Jelton Almeida for each of their uh, for their knockouts and their submissions. Uh, Most of them were submissions, though, that they uh, that they successfully pulled off. So each fighter took home $50,000 for a bonus, for a fight bonus for winning performance of the night. And somehow, for for some reason, there was no fight of the night bonus awarded. So Mm -hmm. Uh, that was was kind of kind of interesting
2: in any event uh, the Yankees latest injury uh, Gonzalez he was struck he was struck on the helmet oh Uh, okay
1: okay. that that makes sense then that makes sense why he never got up to bat yes just ring that right now I was looking yeah, because cause I was looking at his uh, I was looking at the box score and it said he had zero at bats, but yet he was walked no times and he didn't commit a sacrifice fly, so it's like he never even he never even went up to bat. Instead, Aaron Hicks was the uh, was the uh, pinch hitter for uh, for Gonzalez, who he ended up moving to center. Then they moved Judge from center over to right, and they moved Cabrera over from right to first base. Mm. So that's, you know, that's the latest uh, member of the walking wounded for the Yankees now.
2: Yeah.
1: So needless to say, you know, that's definitely – uh going to be something to keep an eye on for the uh for the Yankees. obviously, you know, you, you would probably want as healthy of a roster as possible uh headed especially co- coming into the into the playoffs, but I right now the trend does not the, the trend just keeps going downhill when it comes to um you know, when it comes to them Uh, looking at, looking real quickly here at the injury report for the, uh, for the NFL, uh, some, no, just some, some notable players from around different teams. Frank Ragnow is out for the lions with a groin and foot injury. Chris Godwin is officially listed as out with his hamstring. So he will not play. Uh, the saints will be without Paulson Adebo, who is out with an ankle injury Uh, The Giants, they will be without four different players due to multiple injuries. Uh, The Patriots, they do not have Joshua Bledsoe, who is out with a groin injury. Uh, Looks like the Rams, they will be without Van Jefferson, who is out with a knee injury. Uh, Let's see. Cowboys. Obviously, Dak Prescott, Michael Gallup, Mm -hmm. Connor McGovern, J. Ron Kears, and they are also without Terrell Basham, who is out with a thigh injury. Looks like T. Higgins, though, could potentially play for the Bengals, which is bad news for the Cowboys. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's see. Some other – who do we have? Uh, For the Bills, the only notable player I can see here is Ed Oliver, who is officially out with an ankle injury. Mm -hmm. For the most part, it seems like any other notable players are, are pretty much questionable, which means chances are it's more likely than not that they'll probably play. But anyways... Uh, that is going to wrap it up for tonight. Uh, a reminder to any reality TV fans: this upcoming yes. Tuesday night, uh, this upcoming Tuesday night, uh, Jim Early will be hosting the Survivor Forty Three Cast Assessment Podcast. You guys are not going to want to miss it if you're a fan of Survivor. Uh, 9 p.m. Eastern on Blog Talk Radio, uh, blogtalkradiocom Uh Then. Beginning this Thursday night, we will be doing the Survivor 43 recap show every Thursday night, starting with this week, uh, where we will recap everything that goes on in the game of Survivor. And then, obviously, we'll be back next Saturday night for another edition of Sports Whispers Weekly. We will have Friday night, uh, the finale of the Big Brother 24 recap show. Uh, where we will recap the Big Brother finale and the season as a whole. Among uh, with that being said, everybody have a great rest of your weekend. Thank you to Lou and Alex for joining me tonight. Thanks. And, thanks, guys. Uh, yeah, it was great. It was great to have you back, Alex. Thanks, and, thanks uh we, Yeah, we'll we'll be back next Saturday night if you haven't done so yet. Block Talk Radio uh amazon music apple podcasts itunes spotify or iheart radio search missy ae and you'll get access to any of the podcasts we have done everybody have a good rest of your weekend and we will see you guys next saturday night